Recorded in the darkest dungeons of the basement of Death Studio, Josh, Troy, and Ty present a show dedicated to bringing you, the listener, into the adventure right along with them. Pick up your sword or load your bolt gun, but don't forget your helmet, because it is time for some playin' and slayin'. from the BOD studio here at the brew house in the basement where the drinks are. It is playing and slaying episode 25, the two fiver quarter of the way there guys. Cause at episode hundred, we just, you know, we pack it up. Pack oh, up. Isn't that the big party? Yeah. Oh balloons. man. Is that where we rent a room at like Gen mm-hmm. Con? Yeah. And then it's a live recording with a live studio audience of like, one because we hope we've made it by then and we get yeah. donkey rides like they're gonna, they're gonna there's gonna be a little donkey inside gen con yeah okay they're mm-hmm. gonna allow it yeah all right well other than planning our 100th episode celebration 75 more shows <laughs> from now probably six to seven years away we are going to talk tonight about what we have been playing hobbying and purchasing we have an awesome interview just had a wonderful time with uh landmine at Mini Stomp on Twitter, a supplier of hobby goodness and joy to uh, thousands, if not millions, of people <laughs> <laughs> uh, around the the country and the the world, even. Um, but just had an excellent time talking about um, about Mini Stomp, about beer, hobby, hockey. We kind of wide ranging conversation. Yeah. That's good. Uh, really good. Super engaging guy, though. Excellent. Well, so that that's really you know the main main event of tonight's episode, uh, and then we'll we'll bring it back for a little play it or slay it review of a, an oldie but a goodie, um, the resistance. And this was inspired by something that happened at Gamehole Con. So I'll talk a little oh, bit more about that in the uh, the game. Yeah. Hole so Con it's recap. a combination of uh, resurrection review and play it or slay it. As we as we play or slay a, together. a nine-year-old game, so yeah, yeah, but it's it's a good one. So, meanwhile, though, while we are recording and uh, while we are doing this, I just want to you know the next little bit here. This is a special sponsor for tonight's episode. Uh, the drink segment of Playing and Slaying is sponsored by Stanley. So All right, don't forget that name. Very important person. And when you're playing and slaying, it is important to stay hydrated. Sponsored, in part, by Stanley. So, Josh, what are you drinking tonight? I am drinking Laser Snake by Three Floyds Brewing. Um, it's, uh, it's a delicious IPA. Is there a snake in it? There's the, uh, snake venom. Or a laser. Oh, is there a laser in there? Do you get mm-hmm. a special prize at the bottom? You have to wear glasses before oh. you drink it. <laughs> like the special tinted glasses. Protect your eyes. Mm-hmm. That's good. This is brought to you by Stanley, uh, the intern for the Basement of Death. <laughs> he actually brought it to you? Yeah. 
Yeah, this is. That's good. You didn't get your six pack. <laughs> no, no. Everybody was supposed to get a six pack. Yeah. I'm waiting for mine. To part of the be deal. Yet. Part of the deal. Yeah. Thanks, Stanley. All right, Troy. What uh, what's in your glass? It it looks like a cleaning solution. Yep. So regular listeners should know what I'm drinking, which is acai blueberry Van Gogh vodka and Monster Ultra Zero. You are also, a man of many tastes. Also known as the house cocktail. The house cocktail. Yeah. I needed a little pick, pick, pick me, me up. up. All right. Cool. And it's delicious. It is delicious. That's it's part good. of the problem. It's refreshing. Yeah. Yep. It's, yeah. It's got little bubbles. Wonderful. And Ty, what do you got? Well, you know, Ned Stark told us however many years ago in episode one, I believe, winter is coming. So I saw White Walker on Josh's uh, bar top, and it was Johnny Walker's special Game of Thrones um, blended whiskey. So I've been sipping on that with a you know an ice cube or two because that's what you do, and uh, it is it's pretty tasty. It's crisp, clean. Um, doesn't have that some some of Johnny Walker's got a little bit of that you know kick you in the stomach after a sip, but this one this one's good, nice yeah. and smooth. It, it, they kind of tone it down just a little bit. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. You know? So, uh, and I'm sorry for my awful Sean Bean impersonation doing <laughs> Ned Stark, but uh, winter came early here, so I was inspired um, the other day when it was snowing 14 degrees overnight. So, gross. Yeah. Uh, that's why we drink, right? And Indeed. play games to stay happy. <laughs> All right. So, let's dive into the playing games. Um, you know, I, I've, I've heard that some of our listeners or possible listeners tune out when we talk about miniature gaming um, and would like to know when we talk about board gaming. So, Barry, you can uh, hold your horses because you're going to spend some time talking about Age of Sigmar because there's been some games played. Yeah, it's. I mean, we apologize. It's been a little while since we've been recording, since episode 24. But that's as you'll see, that's because we've been uh, traveling the globe, the state, going to every convention we can find in the Midwest or actually on the continent or not even on our continent. Um, and we have so, but we have played some stuff. Um, and what we did start with, though, was some Age of Sigmar that because Josh likes to bring out his nicely painted army a lot. Right. I've been really trying to figure out this zinch army that I had commissioned and I'm I'm struggling so I'm I've been playing a lot of games to, or I've been trying to play a lot of games to like get my head around what they do. So uh Troy was kind enough to come over and bring his trees uh, so that I could beat up on them a little bit. Yeah, it was a tree rematch. The tree, re- tree yeah. zinch rematch. Yeah, part, part two. Part two. It's a yeah, and we played uh, relocating orb, which was I was I thought it was a fun scenario. I think it's an interesting one where the the objective actually moves around the board. Yeah, each it's turn. It's the one that I look in the book and I go, I don't want to play that one. There's too much going on. And then we actually played it and it wasn't that bad. No. So yeah, there, there's not a lot of accounting going on. But one thing is, I I really wish it wasn't frequently played in match play. Mm. Uh, because there's such a high degree of randomness for the objective um, that it it certainly favors armies that are large and can occupy a number of, uh, uh, you know, a significant amount of space because you can quite honestly just zone out uh, several Mm. of the landing spots of the objective. Um, And and only having the one objective that moves randomly doesn't feel like a a real even match play. It can go 
Right. Yeah. Four dice rolls, and it can be 48 inches away in a corner. Um, or, or, you know, you throw down a bunch of wild woods all over the place and then just yeah. portal to wherever I, you yeah, give it. Yeah, I, as again, I think I felt like I, I probably <laughs> had an advantage. So then Josh has decided, you know what, the way to win this is just kill every one of Troy's models, and then you won't have to worry about the fact that I yeah. could teleport across the board. And Troy helped me. He said, <laughs> you know what? I have this model that will only fail a save on a one, so let me roll ten ones uh, all at once, and yeah. So, yeah. but, but it was, yeah, it was a good time. It was fun. Did you did you run the dreadwood yet? No. When Troy runs a dreadwood, he's going to start winning, and then he's going to be like, "This is how you just win at Sigmar." <laughs> no, I don't think I needed run Dreadwood to win. Sylvaneth is supposedly good. I just I'm just a terrible player. Yeah, so once I figure that out, man, it's finesse. It, yep. it comes down to just getting them out there again and again and again because yep. that army is. And and again, that's driven. it is playing. I mean, like as yeah. we played against you, and I as we don't want to go into play by play, but I think where my mistake was, I didn't, I didn't, I had an Alpha Strike, and I didn't go all in like i think there's some yeah it's kind of knowing when when can you do the alpha strike and really do it and when can and if you go halfway then like especially against that each army that's like they're too strong to kind of go halfway you have to like hit them hard or not or kind of hang back but never go full zinch though but it was fun <laughs> <laughs> all right and then josh i think you got another game in yeah um i don't know if it's a week or two later i played tom um he brought his iron jaws over and we played Scorched Earth, um, which is, yeah, six six uh, objectives, and you can burn objectives on your side um, on your turn. But, uh, yeah, he, he did the uh, three dragon meta, and that was pretty scary to see. Um, it's a lot to handle. It, it, right. And, you know, with my, you know, you, you blow on them and they fall over Zinch Army. Uh, it was a little scary. So, luckily, Tom uh, kind of came from one side, so I was able to kind of turtle up on the other side. Uh, but yeah, he still ended up taking it pretty pretty easily. So, um, we had a pretty good back and forth. But yeah, towards the end, he was he was ahead. So, um, I fought back, but in the end, Tom's big dragon three dragon meta is is real. So. Yeah, it was a good good game though. I had had fun with Tom. Excellent. And then uh, not to not to steal any thunder uh, from your forty k play. I did play five games of AOS, but I'm going to talk about that in a little bit when I recap the Holy Havoc uh, Steve Herner's tournament um, down in the the far western suburbs of Chicago that I, <laughs> I attended a, uh, a a week or two ago now. Cool, and so I will kind of preview as we're going to get into Dragonfall in a little bit. Um, but I've been playing, played some 40k, like real 40k. Uh, and what I did is I did do a practice game with my uh, Gene Sealer Cult, the only Index army left now that the orcs have their codex. Um, you just, you just <laughs> so push I'm just back. a masochist. Um, you just push back the codex three months. <laughs> no, like they they promised me this year. Who knows? Um, yeah, I'm just a masochist. Mostly because I have that army all painted, and it's pretty cool. And it, it, you won best. Sh- oh, don't you're you're spoilers. giving away all my spoilers. Because <laughs> um, we'll, but I did, John brought over some El- ancient Eldar because he has Eldar models from. I think they're like most of them are metal, and they're from they're on the metal, wrong bases. 1990. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, but it's some they're like half painted, whatever. But it was good to at least get a practice game in before I went and kind of played a dragon, uh, Dragonfall. I think we had. I think it was one where he was probably I was making a good push, but he was probably going to win in the end just from attrition. Uh, and these guys are too shooty, and it was good to just kind of remember how the heck to play 40k before I went and played a couple games. And, and I need to get a 40k game in before I miss my third edition. That I, yeah. you know, I don't think I played much of sixth. I bought seventh and never played seventh. Yeah, I never played seventh. And now eighth is a, a year in. Plus more than that, year, more than that plus. year and a half almost. And uh, I still haven't played a game of eighth. Yeah. So, well, Tom and I played a game early on, but, you know, that was like when the first. It was like two FAQs came out. Yeah, yeah. So I, I need to do that. That might be my mm-hmm. 2019 New Year's resolution in addition to my Sigmar projects is play a game of 40k. There you <laughs> go. Single <That's> game. <laughs> um, I, I know we're going to, we're going to talk about some of the events we went to. Um, you know, I, I attended uh, Spiel in Essen, Germany with Anvil 8 Games. I'll recap that here in a little bit. I want to talk about some of the games we've been playing though. So I know Troy, you're going to talk a little bit about your experience at Dragonfall. I thought I'd dive in um, with an event that we all attended here in Madison, Wisconsin, because there's a lot of uh, board gaming mm-hmm. and, and games that got played there that um, all over the course of a weekend. So Game Hole Con in Madison, Wisconsin, I think this was year six, six yep. um, of, of the convention, and it, incredible how it's grown. Uh, Alex and those guys have built something yeah. that is just tremendous. We've we kind of previewed and talked about the guests and some of the things there, but it Without a doubt, it's becoming one of my favorite cons um, from a, a gaming aspect and socializing. Um, next year, I, I am doing the full thing. Like I've decided, I'm getting a hotel room, staying down, staying up there, and just doing some events and and doing the whole con experience. This year, I kind of traveled Friday and Saturday back and forth. Um, still had a blast, but uh, I don't want to ad nauseum game hall but <laughs> if you get a chance madison wisconsin every fall it's it's usually late october early november i think next year the dates are the 30th of october through oh, the cool. second or third of november um but uh we so we kind of occupied a table uh, on saturday in the the hallway milcog Milwaukee Company of Gamers had set up their board game library and had some play space. They extended into the hallway outside of the room. Um, that also is the hall that Adventures League was at the end of. So at times it got a little loud and, and congested, but we had a table for the entire day. Um, and I played a series of games Saturday. We played Photosynthesis uh, from Blue Orange. That's couple years old now but um it was all the rage at gen con a couple like two years ago um really fun game where you're you're trying to grow uh, a forest of trees so you're planting a seed and then spending light points you accrue to grow your trees and then there's a cool sun mechanic that rotates around you, and you, you can know you know you know there's this game that you can play where you like you go and you dig up some stuff and you plant some flowers and stuff and then you like wait for it to like from spring and then like in fall. Are you like, talking about real life gardening? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It sounds yeah, kind of so like nice, this game. What's <laughs> nice is this played in about an hour. Oh, okay. And uh, we didn't have to get our hands dirty. Um, but it was it was actually, we, we kind of, Matt and Tom and I talked about it and broke it down. What it really, it, you felt that thinking ahead multiple turns because as as the sun rotates you have to think about your positioning 
and where to block out your opponent and where you block yourself out if you're not careful because getting light from the sun becomes your currency that you're spending to do anything to purchase seeds to bring trees onto the board and if you're not getting that income you're not accruing those light points you're also not you know growing the tree to the point where you can harvest it and get actual victory points um so there was that feel of like chess, so this locking, positioning. Kind of oh. um, Tom said it. It felt a little bit like Go, uh, mm-hmm. the you know the the ancient board yeah. game of, of Go. But there was definitely that thinking. You had to think ahead multiple mm-hmm. turns as you positioned and as you accrued points to know exactly how how to play. But I I may buy it. It was one of those games that was just such a good play experience, simple to learn. And we and he said it played in about an, about an hour. It yeah. felt like about an hour, and we we so we played through it again. We said, "Okay, let's let's do this again," and had uh, Barry join us. So we did three players, mm-hmm. then we did four players. Plays two to four, um, really really good game. And and I think the the barrier to entry is pretty low oh. from a rule standpoint. You get one person that knows how to play, and you could teach two or three people that aren't real heavy board gamers um, what the game's all about. Cool. Photosynthesis. Photosynthesis. Um, then we uh, <laughs> we spent some time on Friday. Uh, John Scott, uh, a friend of um, ours from, from high school who still games with us, had bought Spirit Island, um, which I believe had been a Kickstarter uh, originally. The expansion just um, funded in 15 minutes called Jagged Earth that expands player count. But you're the spirits of this island, Spirit Island, mm-hmm. protecting the uh, native people, the Dahan, from settlers. So they're, as, as they're coming in, they're uh, building towns and cities, um, exploring into the wilderness, and you're activating your powers to drive them out. So mine was, you know, river flowing through was the spirit's name. And I could push things and flood things and wash them out. And then Matt's spirit was a lightning that could speed up your actions. And I I think Tom's was an earth that could reinforce and defend. So it was incredibly hard. I mean, this game, we, we got destroyed. We got owned by the, the, the way the game plays out. Cause it's one of those where, if you get too much, um, if you run out of the settlers, the explorers, you lose. If uh, blight, too many lands get blighted. So as they attack, they do damage to the land. If you're not protecting it, you lose. If you get to the certain point where you're out of explorers and towns to put on the board, you lose. I mean, it's so you're fighting all of these different um, loss mechanics to try to win. Uh, and what is win condition? Uh, <laughs> um, get. So as you do things, you cause fear in the exploring people, and you draw, I think there's 12 cards in a fear deck. Every 20 fear you accrue, you get to draw and reveal one of those, take the action. So if you get through the fear deck, you eliminate all of the explorers on the board. It's impossible. I don't know how that could happen. Um, Or, you know, there's one other win condition. But And as you get further into the fear deck, the win condition gets easier so the more fear you cause the easier it is to win but we got through like three fear cards (laughs) and and just got destroyed by the settlers um so incredibly difficult because we're all all pretty good 
board gamers. I mean, so when we're putting our heads together trying to figure it out, yeah. and the, the game just destroyed us, it was like, oh, okay, <laughs> well, good, good. And how many players does it play? Uh, the original game plays, I believe, one to four. You yeah. could play it solo, um, and there's some solo variant rules. Yeah. And the expansion, I think, increases it to a six-player game. Uh, I think it gets harder the fewer players you have because you have less actions to combat the um, uh, the explorers. But that was um, that was Spirit Island uh, by Greater Than Games, um, and then Josh joined us for Innis, so mm-hmm. had a chance to break out Innis from Madagot, the same guys that did Kemet and Cyclades. Um, couple episodes ago i think our gen con recap i talked about my experience playing that but josh i know you hadn't played at gen con so i'd be interested in in your thoughts in on ns yeah um <clears throat> well and, and we had sort of talked about it uh while we were playing but um it kind of has that Kemet feel a little bit um and the <laughs> the different zones uh with the jagged edge i thought were really cool because they don't look like they're going to line up and then you lay them down and you're like, Oh wow, that lines up perfectly. So I don't know. I thought that was really neat. Uh, just, just from an aesthetic perspective, but, um, gameplay was really neat. Um, it, it seemed like a lot of, you know, somebody getting ahead. Um, you know, there's, uh, three different ways to win, I think. Yep. Um, so yeah, you either, you know, control a territory with a bunch of folks in them. Um, and you're the, so, um, so the when you're the chief over six, uh, six clans, yeah. so you have larger presence in area with other people, totaling six clans. Um, be present in six territories with um, the sanctuaries, so six sanctuaries present, or being present in six territories where you just have to have a dude in one of uh, six different places. Yeah. And the winner is the one that has the most of those win conditions secured at the beginning of a turn. Uh, so you basically take the pretender token that indicates like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm going for it because like calling pretender Uno. token to to win. And then you have more of the win conditions. So early game, you might be able to pull it off with one, but as as we saw, I sprinted out and I I had a pretty good shot, but then everybody turned on me. Yeah, the other three players just you know. And I, I like to call it reverse kingmaker. So, like, yeah, somebody sprints out ahead, and then everybody, you know, Crunches. yeah, jumps on them. And then I think I had a pretty good shot, and uh, yeah, then they all kind of jumped on me, and then it just kind of went back and forth a little bit for a while there. Uh, Tom almost won, and Ty almost won again, and then it's it's a game of swings. Yeah, uh, for sure. Because you go from you're the king, you're the Bren, you're ready to be the chief over chiefs. And then you're nothing, and you have one guy left on the board, and your hopes have been dashed, and you're rebuilding. We're still trying to stop the next player who is is per- so. There's a lot. It felt like a horse race, you know. There's yeah. there's a lot of different back and forth, a lot of different cool mechanics, and and the cards. You know, you get all sorts of different actions, and um, you know, without getting too deep into it, but uh, it it was very fun, very very cool mechanics, and definitely kind of had its own feel like I, I don't think i've ever played a game quite like it kind of similar but there's still a lot of you know its own elements there so yeah i, I would definitely um play in again for sure 
And then, uh, so I kind of went in reverse chronology. I talked about Saturday first, but on Friday, um, I bought Orbis. Now, Orbis was demoed at Gen Con. It's, um, it's under that Asmodee banner. Space Cowboys mm-hmm. did it. It's, uh, it, it has a feel of Splendor, where you're building towards oh. uh, accruing points by paying currency and having limited, you know, you can take a token you have to be able to purchase it with worshipers that are represented by these cubes of different colors as you take a tile it puts worshipers out on the other tiles so as the longer they stay in the you know the the store we'll call it um the more they're building up uh and then you're building a pyramid of these different landscapes because you're creating a universe as a deity that's the concept is so you're you're using worshipers to expand and then ultimately trying to secure victory by scoring the most victory points that are present on the tile. So Matt Matt showed me how to play it. It was released at uh, at, at Spiel in Essen. Um, it wasn't available for sale at Gen Con, so I just picked it up at Game Hall from I'm Bored, one of the the game stores that was in the the vendor hall. Um, I want to say it was it was like thirty dollars. It's one of those relatively affordable you know price point games. Nice. Super fun. I don't think I'll ever play Splendor again. Uh, this game. <laughs> This game just is is better. I mean, it it in every way it's better than Splendor with a similar feel. Um, and uh, so Matt and I played that once, just the two of us to learn it, and then uh, J- John joined in. John Scott joined in on a game, and we played three player. And three player was really fun. That um, I definitely think that's probably the sweet spot. It's two to four. Um, three felt really strategic and. Um, all the games were close within a victory point or two, everybody. So it wasn't, it wasn't one of those where it felt like, well, this is really one-sided. I'm out of it. You feel mm-hmm. me in the whole time. Cool. And that's Orbis. Um, excellent game. Excited to get you guys to play that one. Yeah. Maybe. It looks really, I mean, the graphic design looks really, it looks really cool. And, uh, yeah, the, the fact you think it's, uh, Splendor a Killer. Splendor Killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes makes it interesting I was although we've we've seen your, splendor kill we've we've said that before and it hasn't so out. so we'll what see. what orbis does that that i like um every decision is incredibly important where splendor you can just keep building and accruing gems and getting different combinations in orbis the game forces you to close out as you build your pyramid you're blocking mm-hmm. off different landscape types and tile mm-hmm. types um where you can't come back because you have to have one of the landscapes underneath the next one you place as you build your universe. So the moment I cover up my volcano with a river and a, you know, a volcano. And then on top of that, I have an Island next to it. So I put an Island over the volcano. I can't continue to play the red tiles. They're blocked to me. So you have to make these decisions at a certain point. I've gotten far enough up this lane. Now I'm going to go up this lane to try to win where it makes you, you you can't do all of them the whole time. Whereas Splendor, you can just keep keep going until mm-hmm. you have a crazy amount of options available, and then you can just buy cards without spending the currency. And I, I don't always like that about Splendor. Some of those games get to the point where it's just okay. What card comes up next? Perfect. I can already pay for it, and I win with that. Orbis feels like you're you're analyzing the the evolving board state, and it's forcing you to make a tough decision. Sure, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then I played Magic: The Gathering. What? Yeah. So Elena and I were sitting there, and we had like twenty minutes before food came, and everybody else had gone somewhere else. 
she just hands me Matt's guild deck, the Ravnica uh, Golgari deck that mm. Matt had bought. I forget which hers was. Hers was the white green, uh, her favorite guild that she did some of the, the lands yep. for, uh, the the new Ravnica set. So um, we just played a, a quick game, heads up magic. She she ended up winning because she had so many sapperlings out. And then like it wasn't a Wrath of God, but it was similar. It killed all my creatures, and then it was just, okay. <laughs> I, had, I had no counter to the the sapperling token wave right. that she sent my way nice um but it, it was fun just to play a quick quick light game of magic but that was that was my game hole i mean just board games and a quick game of magic and ian's pizza yep ian's yeah. pizza uh slinging slices in the convention center for 350 more than they usually do but i think that was probably <laughs> a requirement to the lion energy center yeah sure they couldn't price themselves underneath the uh Oh yeah, the, it was still nice to have them there. Oh yeah, it was really yeah. good. It was yeah, good, good to have good seven dollars slice of pizza. Yeah, and then the amazing slider truck was there. Yep, yeah. sliders, Got a slider. Soho, the pickle jar. There were some good ones. Yeah, so yeah, good food, good food. And then um, uh, we ran a little event. You know, yeah, Josh and I showed up Saturday. I was only there Saturday for I don't know about eight hours, something like that. So. I wasn't going to talk about how you shunned us and disappeared I without even a goodbye. I you didn't, didn't even I, stop by the board game table. You were just like, "All right, I'm running zombie side, and the Bodfather's out." All right, he said goodbye to me. No signings, no you know, no autograph session. You I were did, ba- you I were did, basically I handed out. All you were kinds like of you were like swag. Matthew Mercer. You had a handler that ran interference for you, mm-hmm. uh, John and Mandy. Yeah. I can't. I handed out Slighted. swag to everyone. Slighted I did ever, and then it did. We all kind of went separate ways, and all of a sudden, I'm like, "Shoot, I'm leaving, and everybody's gone." And I, <laughs> we were at the same board game table we'd been at all day. I I, I never left the Zombicide table. Huh. I never. I didn't even know there was other places in the con besides Hall Number Two, <laughs> Table Twenty Three. You yeah. got to play at the Jordan table. That's pretty. We did. Yeah. yeah, the goat. We were right in the center. Uh, but yeah, we uh, we ran the zombie side scenario that we uh, have run, you know, previously, and then Troy came up with uh, for the second scenario, um, or for the second game, Troy came up with a scenario that sort of built on the the other one, which yep. was kind of neat. Um, you know, uh, four uh, abominations trapped in in that same room uh, with a spell, and then yeah, they had to kind of navigate their way through and. Uh, both sessions, um, there was five in the first one and in the full six. boat and six in the second one. So, um, we had our, our ringer, Ben, uh, <laughs> who, uh, apparently ran a zombie side the day before. So, uh, he, he kind of knew what he was doing and he helped, uh, kind of coach folks through, uh, some folks that were a little bit newer, uh, to the game, but yeah, he, um, he and the rest of the crew uh, totally dominated both games. So um, the, there was a little bit of luck, uh, a little bit of you know us wanting you know them to win a little bit because yep. uh, it's a con game. But also, I think we we threw enough at them. Yeah, like we, still, uh, we didn't hard. have to. We didn't pull any punches at all in it. And I was yeah, I was surprised that they uh, again the first scenario they they just lucked out really yeah, for sure. The second one again, I think they lucked out with what equipment they gave because we kind of gave them a little extra equipment in the beginning because we want. I was worried, and it, I think we, for good reason. Like I don't think we would have been able to finish it in the three hours, but we didn't kind of start them at yellow. Sure, you would have. 
Open up the door, let the A-bombs eat everyone. Game over. Game over. <laughs> Boom. That would have been it. No, we don't want everybody crying when they leave. We want <laughs> to have little smiles on their faces. You have a totally different view of zombie side than I do. All flesh must be eaten. Yeah, they they got to a point where it was like they're just crushing everything. Yeah. So yeah, towards the end they it was like tipped over the yeah. I'll, I'll just stand here and kill the a bombs while you guys go find whatever. <laughs> so yeah, uh, that was an actual conversation. All right. But yeah, good times. Uh, I think everybody had fun, uh, which was great. Um, yeah, and, and especially some of the, I, I again, what you take away, right? I think some of the new players, I think there was the one woman, Michelle, who played in the first game. She like had a huge smile on her face afterward. I think we converted her to uh, to a Zombicide player. I think she said she had like the original game at home that she had never played. and Yeah. Um, and she's like, I'm going to ha- definitely have to bust that out. Now. Right. So. Yeah. And then she walked by when we were playing the second game and she was still all excited and happy. So, yeah, eh, I don't know. It's good. It's good. We get our little high off of is making other people happy. Yeah. Instead they make him cry. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was cool too. the uh, kind of the heroes in both scenarios were sort of newer players. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the one that kind of turned the tide or killed the, the last thing or whatever it was, you know, um, they were both newer players. So that kind of made made me smile that, you know, the the newer folks were able to be the hero. So it's awesome. I mean, somebody has got to be the villain. So did, were there any, um, before we leave game hole con, were there any, um, celebrity sightings? You guys rub elbows uh, all shoulders? over the place. Uh, Patrick Kilvane from mad TV. And now he does a bunch of YouTube RPG and TV show directing and stuff. He ate a falafel, uh, at a chair next to our table when we were playing Orbis. He was like <coughs> 10 feet away. <laughs> eating falafel um matthew mercer walked by the board game hall with his handler and actually yeah. it was a cool moment i um somebody came up and asked him to sign and the person i don't know if i don't think it was his agent but whoever was with him i uh, was like uh, and he goes no oh, of course i'll sign and like sign <laughs> sign the, the book um so he walked by i walked by pat pat was on the rothfuss was on the phone talking with somebody uh, and i was like you know, dumb, dumb, <laughs> geeky wave. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was Peter Brett was around. All those guys, the the guests yeah. are everywhere. You know, Merle's walked by with like uh, what's her name, Satine Phoenix, mm-hmm. and um, Chris Lindsay, the director of the Adventures mm-hmm. League stuff. So they were all over. Uh, Monty Cook was running a game of Numenera right inside. We had an open table Friday. Uh, it was an open like circular table up in the upper level mm-hmm. in the corner where we had just camped out then and Monty Cook is running his game right inside that room with the doors open. So I was like, Oh, Monty Cook. All right. Awesome. That was my celebrity sightings. How about you guys? Um, I didn't, I saw Josh and I saw you. Yeah. Celebrities. I saw Elena. (laughs) She's like a celebrity. She's a celebrity. Yeah. 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 I, I'm terrible at recognizing people out in the wild. So yeah, I, I didn't see anybody. Cool. So another game will count in the books. It was a great one. Uh, I cannot recommend that show enough. Um, the gaming events, you know, the the way that they have curated the events, the guests, the the vendor hall grew was in a new spot with still more room to expand. Um, I I think Matthew Lillard was there. I saw. Yeah, I, I didn't see him, but Beetle and Grim, the company that does the stuff was there yep. and i saw somebody on twitter had shot a picture of lillard yep. at game hole i did actually see him and he was okay. at the booth when i was wandering the couple times i did take like 10 minutes and run through the vendor hall yeah. and he was at the did you guys see that 
whatever edition of the super edition of the water yeah. deep uh, yeah dragon heist it's, uh, i think it's yeah. 500 bucks it's but, incredible i mean you looked at all that was cool that they yeah. had it there for all here's all the stuff that's in it so i think those are still available if you want to if, uh it would be one of those like things you need if, to part I, with yeah if i had a play space uh in a regular in-person mm-hmm. D group i would strongly consider something like that um i bought so i have dragon heist and i bought um the uh dungeons of the mad mage so undermountain recreated basically so dragon heist plays levels one to five and it's an urban detective novel set in Waterdeep. and then um dungeon of the mad mage plays levels five to twenty all the levels of undermountain fully yeah. mapped out encounters it's it's like a dungeon master's just dream yeah. because he can say oh you're going in the undermountain and you are cool. here for five years of campaign <laughs> the the book is just full of cool stuff. There's like an elevator, like plus your level. <coughs> yeah, you go in I'm through the own portal. <laughs> yep. Third and floor. The, book, the book's truly designed. It's you know this level level That's six, six, four level six adventures. Okay. Level seven, four le- and it it has each of the twenty levels oh. of Undermountain, or close to twenty right. uh, in in there. So I picked that up along with Orbis. Cool. Me, my lonesome, by myself, traveled down to, um, what's the uh, city where it was? Shoot. Elmhurst. Elmhurst. I'm like, it starts with an E. Elmhurst, Illinois, which is only, whatever, hour and a half, two hours from here, um, to go to Dragonfall. That's the first time I'd been to that, which, oh, take the goal of new con for Troy. Check. Um, Late, but you snuck it in. So yeah. It's plenty of time. It was a good plan. About a month and a half. Yeah. Good job. Um, so, and then, uh, so I went down there to play uh gentleman's 40 K tournament on the Sunday. Just, it's like a, th- was this a three round um, regular kind of rogue trader type tournament on Sunday. I went down Saturday, uh, kind of Saturday afternoon and I was not there. My lonesome, all, a lot of the guys from Milwaukee group were there. So Bryce uh, met up with Bryce and, and Mike Butcher and I all forget everybody's name and Brendan basically and Brendan and if you want to hear everything that went on with the AOS stuff listen to Cubic Shenanigans and Brendan went through in gory detail all the uh, the excitement going on in the AOS tournaments in there and how he won it um, and the same episode you get to hear his uh, Team America <laughs> ETC rant which is truly epic and grounded in fact and reasonable yeah. and well um well thought yeah. out and well spoken. So check out Cubic Shenanigans, Dan and Brendan. Uh, I think that was maybe an episode or two ago uh, where uh, they did that coverage. I think it's an episode ago. I don't yeah. know if they have another one up, but it, it was um, one that came out earlier this month. But yeah, they uh, they recapped the AOS shenanigans of Dragonfall. Yep. And again, I'd like to thank all the guys from Milwaukee. I hadn't. I again, it's one of the people I had known a little seen through Twitter and so forth. It was great to meet everybody kind of face to face and and hang out. And we went and. Watched the uh, heartbreaking game seven of the Milwaukee Brewers over at Buffalo Wild Wings as, uh, but it was fun. We had a great group of guys all sitting together drinking beer and watching baseball. Except Brendan, who was watching Purdue. Football. Purdue beat Ohio State. Yeah, that actually there. was that was the only thing that made the Brewer loss a little bit tolerable. Is anytime Ohio State loses, That's it's right. a good day. So, That's right. Uh, sorry, anyone that no, I'm not. No, really we're sorry. not sorry. I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah. Ohio State's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
so I then on Sunday played uh, the three, and I had again. I had my Gene Steeler Cult, um, and again, Cubic Shenanigans. I know on the same one, Dan makes a, a nice rant about he doesn't like the 40k FAQ. I'll have to disagree. I don't think it actually changes the game much at all. I think it's fine. Um, maybe at the Ooh, super competitive level. We but. need a point counterpoint. We need Dan and Troy to sit <laughs> across from each other on the microphone and talk about the 40K FAQ. Well, me and you play on our phone mm-hmm. and nod and every so often go, oh, that's interesting. I'll play with the knobs on and the check uh, the levels. Yeah. Level. So, Dan, this is it. We want a point counterpoint. Bodfather versus the chief shenaniganer 40k faq analysis playing and slaying shenanigan swap cast yeah playing and whoa. shenaniganing whoa crazy all right we have to you heard it, it here first happen. yep it's happening all right so sunday 40k, sunday, 40K three K, games three games uh i had jeans to the call as i said so i'm playing with kind of one hand time behind my back i did have <laughs> the new stuff from the tooth and claw book which is the aberrants and the aber whatever the big guy is the uh and those guys are for real so if that's a precursor of the what the codex is going to be enclosed the space wolf space wolf and Gene Gene Steeler Steeler cult. box set and then okay. they had some new rules for the, the those elite models in there because i th- so first game um guy's name um was dick um who was he actually ended up winning best sport um because he was offering shots at 9 a.m. Uh, and he was, it was and that's, a, that's a, a champion and a steward of the hobby. He's taking a page out of your book. That's yeah. Yeah. Buy your way, buy your way to the sportsmanship trophy. Yeah. He had, and he, by the time that rolled around that he was, he was feeling no pain by the time he actually collected the sportsman trophy at the end of the day. It was pretty funny. That's how you do it. Uh, but he was a great, great. And he had like, um, uh, I think Marines and a Titan, but my guy, I almost, almost my aberrance and the thing, I almost took down the Titan. I, oh, I, the Imperial Knight. Imperial Knight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Knight, the Knight Titan. I almost took it down. That would have been a, uh, moral victory and i ended up getting tabled at the end but if i would have took that on uh second game was really fun against imperial guard uh army he got the guy had all it was an older army he had all like squat the original squat models that he used for an imperial guard army uh had some really cool massive battle against his ogrins again my aberrance guys blowing in there uh uh ended up losing i don't know that was, that was the best game i probably ended up losing like 1911 or something like that uh and then third game ended up playing a nurgle guy um and it was it was fun the first time i kind of played the nurgle um i ended up and i kind of it was an interested a scenario that was a little weird what's cool isn't cool and not so cool sometimes is in that gentleman's room but they kind of use kind of non-standard scenarios they're trying to have some fun scenarios and different win conditions uh the this last one was kind of like a defend attacker kind of um scenario but it was basically you had to get I had to get one unit off the board and then the gene stealer called and I kind of told him right away because I'm like I'm, I feel like I'm going to be a dick because here's what's going to happen I'm going to bring the gene stealer call I can kind of come on the board in all kinds of different places I said here's what I'm going to do I'm going to come out of the board like six inches away from the area where I have to walk out and if I roll good enough I'm just going to walk off and you're never going to get a chance to to even stop me um, 
And so I just want, I gave, tried to set that stage because I'm like, here's what's going to happen. I want you to feel like I feel bad. And, and there are other ways. And the thing is that didn't even win me this, the game, the game, because there's other, there were other victory conditions and stuff in there. So, um, so it was fun and we had fun. I learned a lot about, I hadn't really played the new Nurgle. Um, there were some kind of tough things on there. Um, and it was the last match of the day. It was one of those where I need a, a two main turn, two game tournament. Cause by the third game, you're just like, <laughs> All right, I've had enough 40k for today. I've played two good games. The third one's just kind of like whatever it, um, to do that. So ran that. Um, again, I liked what they did because they had like you have longer time to play. I think it was two and a half hour, but it was also I didn't. The hard part was we weren't done till like 7 p.m. on a Sunday, so then it didn't wrap up until then. Um, but I was super happy because I did get best appearance um for the army again it was only like eight people in the hey in the tournament hey, but best best appearance out of eight people is still yeah. your army looked yeah. better than seven other armies yeah. mm-hmm. so i'd take that and again i think it's just more of i had a consistent theme across them uh that's the army again that i've had since uh, adepticon again added in some of these new units and and i did forget as i was doing the practice game with john um i realized i didn't actually i was missing five like normal kind of the uh in the hybrid guys i'm like oh shoot i'm missing five so i did that friday night literally before it went down i painted up five more guys quickly and i'm glad i did and did them in a decent stayed up till whatever 2 a.m to make sure they had them done um, but it was a good payoff so it was a, yeah it was a huge surprise and it was really cool though to walk awesome. away with a little bit of hardware so very cool and again uh so Dragonfall was uh, and you heard Brent, and those guys talking about it. The AOS scene was really cool. Alex ran it, who runs the Adepticon one. It was great to meet him. Um, but I think that's a really growing event. Um, a couple, like half a dozen vendors, including um, our buddy Daryl from the the Bits thing. He oh, was actually came. I game. talked to him Pluto a little bit. He's like, hey, this is kind of an up, upcoming tournament. It's not that far for him. Uh, being in the Chicago area, he's from Dayton, Ohio. You know, a few hours. Um, and nice kind of it was similar to like um to like where Bruce City is. So like, you know, just kind of a normal hotel kinda out with a little bit of a convention center, so some space. Um and and good things. So I again I think it may be something that we start to go definitely within reach and uh fun of and it's all about there people there are again Ken, the guy who runs the forty K stuff that I've been playing, uh knows what he's doing, runs really nice clean events. Alex runs really great AOS stuff. And, and then there's, there was a few other smaller miniature events too. So uh, I think it's a, it's, it's a time of up and coming. Cool. Very cool. Um, uh, shortly there, thereafter, I, uh, so I returned from Essen and I went <laughs> four days later down to Yorkville, Illinois. So basically you head west from Chicago out past Aurora and you drive through some cornfields and then you get to this Hampton Inn. Uh, that's out there in the middle of nowhere, uh, where Steve Herner has hosted uh, Holy Havoc and Holy Wars um, narrative uh, AOS events. Holy Havoc is a doubles event where um, teams compete as part of your assigned a grand alliance headed into it. So even though we were playing, Dave and I went down a, a double brass stampede, we represented the order grand alliance. So then results are tracked. You can't play another order team when you're, when you're playing, he puts your name on a token and he's got like a campaign board, like a map and the tables are numbered and represented on there for what realm they're in. 
and he draws tiles, puts them all in a line. First person gets to pick what table they're playing on. The next could either go and pick to play against that person on that table or a different table. And you do that through all the teams. So you're either picking the table you're playing on out of what's available or picking a matchup versus who's already down on a table. So there's some gamesmanship there, you know. Um, Vince so did, did you say no? So did the tables have like realm rules for for the each, ta- okay. each table was in a specific realm, and then Steve has created tables, and he he warns he okay. gives you fair warning. He says, read the table rules because in addition mm-hmm. to the realm rules, the tables all have their own terrain rules. features okay. and rules. And he said the tables play. And like it's very important you understand what the table does because if you're too close to something, you could lose D three models. And when you're when you're talking about losing D three models out of a brass stampede where your units are three juggernauts, that can be a a unit, you know. And he said tables will play. Read the rules. Um, So each table had a placard with very specific rules about the scenery, about you know terrain objectives, different things, and each table had different um totally different styles to it one is two mountain fortresses with bugman's brewery in the middle and if you get close to the brewery you roll in the combat phase and you might get buffed you might do more rend you might do less rend or your (laughs) models might get drunk and pass out and they're removed from the table i mean there's different things like that or you can go into the the tunnels of the mountain and spelunk across to the other side you come out you take d3 plus two casualties from the unit but you can travel your unit from one corner to the other corner of the board. Uh, the Skaven table um, that you know, uh, Mini Stomp donated terrain, and Steve made it look like the the Mechanicum terrain. He made it look like a Skaven Warpstone refinery. Uh, you can activate the the Warpstone refinery in the hero phase in a three up, and then any model that dies within whatever three to six inches of the terrain feature piles in and fights before they're removed as a casualty because they get warp frenzy. So, I mean, all these tables had all these different rules and terrain. It's it's pretty incredible. And the matchup system was really cool. The overarching narrative. So, Dave, Dave and I played five games down there. Um, I just, real quick, so we played uh, Greg and Sean. They're part of Alex's Alex Gonzalez's club, the Screw City Gamers. Uh, they were double Nurgle. We got destroyed. It was 20 to 0. Uh, they had two Chaos War Mammoths, which are Forge World models. Um, one was sideboarded. The other we played against. Things ridiculous. It just kill a unit, kill a unit, kill a unit. And it's, it's this huge... I don't know if you guys have seen it, yeah. but yeah. those models sell for over a grand now because they're out of production. Um, but they were really well hobbied, painted. It was, it was fun to play those guys. It was our first game, having some beers in the morning. Um, game two, we played a couple of guys from the Twin Cities, Alex and Brandon uh, Langer. They they were um, playing Deepkin and Stormcast, and we played them on the Warpstone Refinery game. So two relatively low model count killy armies going up against each other. It was it was just super fun. Those guys were awesome to play. And then we rounded out day one playing uh, Jason um, and Donnie. They're from the Detroit Warhammer Club. It was kind of cool as. Chose them because we thought it would be a fun game. Tom and I played Jason and Donnie round one in doubles at Adepticon this last year, and I've seen Donnie and them and Jason yeah. at a few other tournaments. So got to know them, and it was a, yeah. we had a great time. Uh, Donnie won best warlord, the model, because your warlord and your army 
um, you design and create a narrative for and it's on an 80 millimeter round and it, it becomes your general you assign it a trait and as you play and accomplish objectives with your warlord you can earn skills and like level up so you assign skills and he becomes a character in his own right with different command abilities and um so cool mechanic there to skill up your warlord and how what path you go yeah. down uh but donnie had done a, a conversion that it, i'll try to get it on twitter i'll find it. It, it it looked like a vermin lord corrupter meets like a lord of change meets just, it was <laughs> it was just this amazing bit of conversion work uh and and steve um chose him for best warlord and then uh sunday um so we we uh we won game two against alex and brandon we then lost against uh jason and donnie so we were one and two had minimal points you know our win was a um a max win but we we had a bunch of fun in yeah. all three games Sunday we played uh, Dominic and Jeff, two of the guys from Indy. Um, Dominic and some of those guys that come to Brew City, and we've seen them at you know Adepticon, and there uh, there's a core of five or six of them that travel to Meltdown, travel to Brew City. Um, Dominic and Jeff were playing Sylvaneth and Deepkin, um, and we we just ran. I mean, we ran. Stamp, brass Stampede worked like it's supposed to. Mortal wounded off. I was able to hit uh, Tree Lord Ancient. A Tidecaster and the Branch Wraith with one unit snaking in. Two other units crashed on the Tree Lord Ancient. I, I killed like Dominic's whole Sylvanus side of the army by turn three. Um, won that game, and then game five, we got uh, we got called out by Brendan and Bryce. They were the other guys <laughs> from Milwaukee. So round five was a, a Milwaukee off a club death match, um, and and you know played a good game against them. Uh, ended up. We just ground him off. We held the objectives. We ended up with the win, but it was club-on-club violence going on on (laughs) on that table. Um, So it was a fun wrap-up. And then, you know, awards and raffles. So throughout the weekend, you're raising money for Hesed House, and everybody brings, uh, turn sportsmanship points, you bring a uh, Warhammer product worth $20 or more, and then everything's raffled off. So... I ended up having my raffle tickets drawn four times. Uh, I, you know, you buy $60, $80 worth yeah. of raffle tickets. So got a box of blood letters, got a Necromunda bounty hunter model, a dice pack, and like an Idaneth character that I ended up giving the Brendan because he's working on some thralls and reavers. But Steve just ran a great tournament. It was, it would, to call it a narrative, it's narrative because of what Steve has designed yeah. and done. But people bring straight filth. Like there was <laughs> Vince Venturella and Tom Lyons, Warhammer Weekly, brought uh, Daughters of Cain. Both of them had daughters. Really optimized, tuned lists. Um, you know, they're, they're guys from Detroit, uh, Sean and Jake, um, that brought Death Army super tuned up. Uh, and like Vince and Tom played on the Temple of Cain table in the Realm of Shadow, four of their five right. games, I think, and just <laughs> smashed everybody. Uh, ended up winning, you know, best team, um, but really cool event, but filthy list. I mean, super competitive, but fun atmosphere in a room with the, you know, the whatever, 14 teams, I think it is, or 15, 15. Te- I forget the exact number, 14 or 16. So Holy Havoc cool. every year. I'm going to Holy Wars in February. Bryce and I are going down there for the solo, the 2K uh, event on those tables. 
can't wait. I got in. I'm I'm just <laughs> stoked to to go play on on Steve's tables again. And before that, I went to Essen. It was in Germany. I drank beer. I demoed Frontline No Comrades to people from 14 different countries. Heard a lot of different languages, and that's it. That's, that's not it. it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I went, went to Germany with Anvil 8 Games uh, to Essen. We flew out of Chicago Monday night, flew in the Copenhagen Tuesday afternoon, flew in the Dusseldorf Tuesday evening. It was like time travel. Mm-hmm. You know, eight time zones in a Nine and nine and a half hours on different airplanes. Um, I heard you don't fit in airplanes. No, I'm too big for international travel, <laughs> and Europe in general is not built for for fat guys. Uh, it worked out well though. The airplane we had the four, so you know, coach on an international yeah, yeah. flight, you got two, four, yeah. two. We were in the four with only the three of us. So mm-hmm. after takeoff, we were able to. I go to one aisle. Will had one. Brian was you know in the the middle seat. Um. We found so we at our hotel we check in we ask the bartender there what's what's a really good like local pub you know what's a good spot to go the guy goes I've only been here a year I don't know let me ask you know the other guy so he asked the other guy and he's like Amputa and it A M P umlaut over the U T T E so we find it on Google Maps we walk there you walk in it is old world dark wood <laughs> candles. Um, you could tell just a ton of locals, some of them older, like a few young people, just uh, very quiet that first night because uh, it was like a Tuesday night. Uh, I ended up going back there, I think, three or four times. Um, the first night we just sat and ate at the bar, tried one of each of the beers, uh, had a bunch of alt beers, mm-hmm. some uh, some Weiss beers, just uh, Troy Weiss beers. Um <laughs> But uh, and, and then some schnitzel there. That was amazing. Yeah. Wednesday, we walked all over us. And I think we walked six or seven miles because they needed to find, you know, a card reader, which we ended up not finding. And then something else. Brian needed a phone charger. So Will was leading. I think, you know, Will tried to kill me. Felt <laughs> It felt a little bit like a death march. Like he was trying to see if I would just die from, from walking because I'm out of shape. Um, Wednesday night. The guys from Black Monk Games, a Polish company that they print. Uh, so Black Monk prints Frontline No Comrades in Polish um, and sells it in, in Poland. They brought stuff from their warehouse for us. So our booth was on a truck from uh, from Poland. It got there. We set up Wednesday night. And then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday was 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. The first three days and 10 to 6 on Sunday uh, on the show floor, concrete floors, demoing games in the miniatures hall uh which was the least busy of the six halls but the way essence set up it's just sprawling there's these different buildings with these walkways between that end up being like food courts almost and the board game halls were packed every minute of that convention it was insane people are pulling suitcases to like buy games and fill up and wagons a lot of families um People from all over. I mean, it it was truly eye opening to to see what that scene is mm-hmm. like. Uh, we've all seen Gen Con now. We know how crazy the exhibit hall gets at Gen Con, but that's just one big room. Yeah. This is like six, six. big rooms with. Th- I mean, you can't move. Just incredibly yeah. crowded and loud, and like there's that buzzing where you don't realize that it's buzzing until after it's over and you know, you cover your ears. Will had put his head head down (laughs) 
and you're still hearing that reverb from all the people. Like it was, um, it's pretty crazy. But what's unique too about uh, Spiel? It's only um, commerce. There's demos and and booths, but there's no gaming events. So there's no tournaments. There's no drafts. There's no gaming events. It's just people come and purchase. So you get a lot of people that come for two days. Um, so their their turnstile is is pretty high yeah. uh, for attendance, but I don't know what the unique. I don't know yeah. you know the numbers, but it's it's huge. Um, oh, just a a weird experience uh, being a foreigner. Yeah. You know, having uh, you're so used to you don't realize until you're out of the the U.S. how um, you know conversation in a different language, hearing just murmur and chatter around you that you have no understanding of uh being only an english speaker um everyone speaks english though that was the other crazy part is it could be a waiter at a restaurant it could be you know a stranger on the street we had maybe two of our cab drivers that spoke german to us only and were like yeah and we'd find a word or you know brian and will would know the address but um Essen is a post-industrial city. That's the other really interesting thing is the city itself was um, almost completely destroyed in, in the World War II and rebuilt after that. Uh, so that pub that I talked mm-hmm. about, there's a picture on the wall that shows when it was constructed, you know, a black and white photo, mm-hmm. a photo in the 20s, then in the 40s where it's rubble, a three-story building that was, you know, half mm-hmm. a story and completely destroyed. And then 47 where they rebuilt it. And then, you know, the 80s, and you see this picture on the wall, and it's just, we don't have anything like that here. Yep. And, you know, you don't see remnants of World War II there, but understanding, like, what that city, yep. in essence, was destroyed and then and rebuilt was pretty, you, a few crazy moments okay. where you start to realize kind of that. So I'd, I highly recommend that that trip, that convention was, was crazy. Um, and uh, glad I got the experience. You now, thanks to to Brian and, and Will for bringing me along, uh, demoing Frontline for you know those those days <laughs> and uh, trying to communicate with people from all. I met okay. I met people from the Netherlands, Portugal, Belgium, you know Germany, uh, England. They're just everywhere in Europe. Name name a European country, and somebody came by that was from there. And like nobody from the U.S., everybody yeah. <laughs> I interacted with was other than you know people you might know from a different company yep. or whatever um, was was from somewhere in Europe. So that was uh, Spiel. Um, I think I'd I'd go again. I mean, it was it's an experience. It's it's cool. the The food and the beer was great. The people were were great. Um, and the the convention is just it's a an extravagance of you know did you get a chance to walk through a a little bit um a little bit to walk through some of the halls you know do a do a lap here and there but it it was it's tough to move i mean it's it's so you know the the vendor hall in indy uh for gen con gets packed like saturday of gen con it was like that in five of the six halls the miniature hall was busy but at least you could move through the crowd but the others it was like you're just going with the flow of traffic and maybe stopping at a booth otherwise you're just kind of like a, a salmon you know how the salmon yeah. like run <laughs> up, <laughs> upstream to all packed in that's how it felt so does like asthma day have like a whole hall uh so hall one and two were where the big companies like simon asthma day mm-hmm. and their affiliates they had like 
a lounge couch area where it looked like Becca Scott was doing something. <laughs> it was some, you know, yep. Twitch streamer, YouTube personality. I don't know if it was Becca Scott, but it looked like her, like broadcasting, uh, you know. Um, Board Game Geek had a booth where Rodney was doing stuff, uh, you know, filming different things with like Bonacore and Stronghold and different companies coming through. So you see some of the con regulars and you see some yeah. of. GW had a pretty big setup for uh, the Warhammer Champions, and then they had like paint miniatures and all their demo games, and this big kind of oval-shaped booth that you could walk around. Black Library had uh, a big booth where they've translated most of their stuff into German uh, as they've broken into the market in Europe. They started translating a lot of the Black Library stuff. That was really cool to see. But yeah, Essen, it's it's. <laughs> It, it was crazy. It, it was worth it, though. You know, as annoying as international travel is and how tired you are and jet lag and coming back and, like, just not understanding what time of day it is. And it it is a crazy experience to travel that far. Um, it was also just extremely rewarding to be outside of my comfort yeah. zone and, and see something new. All right. Cool. I ran at the mouth there. We'll try to rein it back in as we talk about some hobby. Um, how about you guys? I mean, Josh, I know I saw you prepping some uh, some molds with like a Lego frame. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. While you were in Germany doing your German thing, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I was I was prepping for the uh, Zombicide scenario, um, and Troy had uh, said a couple months ago, "Hey, do you think you could do another tile?" like sure yeah just you know let me know which which tile sure a few weeks go by hey troy did you still want me to do yeah yeah let me let yeah, me figure sure. it out let me tell you which yeah. tile and then like yeah two weeks before he's like is it too late for me to tell you no. all right fine let's do this <clears throat> so yeah i, I kind of threw it all together um painted it and i had all the mold stuff done which was the the uh, the easy part the time-consuming part um but yeah, uh, I think I started the assembly on Monday, and then cranked it out by uh, by Friday. I think Friday I was doing my last yeah, touch up like, work. Yeah, so yeah, a little dry brush and you're good. Yeah, shape. I think I, I threw some of it up on on Twitter or Discord or whatever. So yeah, just keeping people up to date. But yeah, it was it was fun. It was good. Um, I have ideas for another tile. Um, but yeah, that to be continued. Excellent. And Troy you kind of talked about your last. Yeah, I talked about, about yeah, the really only thing I've I again I worked on my Gene Siller cult and the little the changes I made for that and uh yeah, put together the new stuff from the Tooth and Claw and painted it up and uh it was some cool cuz I, I again those are more of the HQ models too, like the guys with the big banners and stuff like that. So some some fun stuff to to actually work on all the way through and to try to do a decent job but a lot of it was speed painting too because it's all about trying to get it done done yeah, yeah i'm like i had a set time that i had to get it done <laughs> in so but i work good on deadlines yeah cool um i've been working on some stormcast conversions so i talked a little bit about my deepkin army and my evocator allies uh started working on some deepcast eternals i'm gonna call them I think I'm going to do the Sacrosanct uh, Chamber with a lot of Deepkin influences. Might be some, you know, evocators on sharks. Might be some 
sequiturs that look a lot like Namardi Reavers. I, I don't know. Could be a, a, a mix of stuff going on there. I also wrote some short stories. I'll consider this hobby. So I wrote a, you know about a half page for each of our warlords. So Dave and I had uh, warlords that I, I wrote um, kind of their their view of like a battlefield and how they approach combat uh, to line up with the look and feel of our our uh, warlords. So that was that was fun. I hadn't had a chance to really flex that creative side of my brain for a while. And then I also before I left for uh, Essen, I did a lot of work on 40 blood letters because we were going to summon in demons. Um, finished them up the couple days bet- between getting home and going. And I, I think I, I pulled it off. I'm really happy with how they look. Um, and, and it it almost, I almost said, okay, I need to do a corn army in this style because of just I was so happy with how they, they turned out. Um, so a lot of hobby, a lot of uh, assembly going on now probably start painting here pretty soon as we head into um wapaka in january holy wars in february adopticon in march so got some deadlines there'll be a lot of hobby discord going on you know it (laughs) you know it um all right kickstarter any uh new backing or all just uh fulfillment yeah I, i i got fulfillment uh so i had the I backed those 3D printed walls, and I was kind of like, oh, I don't know when I'm ever going to get these, right? Um, all of a sudden, they're at my doorstep. I'm like, oh, wow. So um, they, they look pretty cool. Um, I, I wasn't sure what I was expecting, um, but, I mean, they're they're pretty neat. I, I think they could be used for, for 40K. Um, they're definitely sci-fi, you know, battlement fortress type walls, so... Um, they have like their own unique little gun turrets on top and I don't know. It's pretty cool. Um, I think once I paint them up and yeah, there's, there's a lot of, um, I was going to say that the quality looked like a lot of flash. Like, yeah. Right. There's, there's a lot like of thin spots, race pieces yeah. and yeah, there's a lot of, Oh, cause it's a 3d print. Right. Yeah. yeah. So there's a stuff I'm going to have to knock off and sand down a little bit and whatever, but I was sort of expecting that. So yeah. not too terrible, but yeah, there is, there's going to be a little bit of work to get them to a good standard, but um, I think once they're yeah, not all that stuff's knocked off and painted, I think it'll look pretty cool. So um, we'll see. To be continued. But I also kind of wanted to support this dude because he was like, "Hey, trying to start something," mm-hmm. you know. So um, that was part of his whole Kickstarter. So yeah. Anyway, does he have a company or? A- He's trying to start something. And, oh, okay, so uh, he, he didn't actually name anything yet. Okay. So if I well, once that kind of comes out we'll, we'll, we'll throw a link we'll, out or something right exactly so so i again we hate we always talk about kickstarters already over but yeah. uh, i did end up throwing a bunch of money at the hagelthorne hollow uh terrain which is the weta workshop guys down in new zealand um i was real close it was just so i it was one of those where i'm like i feel like i'm gonna regret if i don't mm-hmm. at least get something from this or whatever so i just kind of Close my eyes, press the return. Did you do it all? I did not do it all. I did a chunk because you're like, well, if you're going to get, you got to get enough to do something with, right? Right. um, Yeah. So, but we'll see. Talk to you on episode 37 or something when When it actually. actually, (laughs) (laughs) Tune in later. Yeah. 
and you know, other stuff. Other news. Other news. Uh, I don't know if I talked about it. I don't think we talked about it here. Um, I've got the Arts and Arcana book, the D art book. If you haven't seen that, massive 500-page um, available everywhere. Um, on, like I got like Amazon. It's only like thirty bucks on Amazon. Um, also, there's a collector edition that has some additional art, and I think it has like a Tomb of Horrors uh, collectible, a reprint of the Tomb of Horrors module in there. But just the regular book, which is what I got, amazing. I just kind of started reading it, but re- I would recommend it if you at all are um, interested in kind of the history of D and D or intrigued by the, the the art and fantasy there just every page besides art there's just like little notes and little bits of information about what what this game you know what that that piece of art was used for or the game or some other things like that so really um you know it's a coffee table book but really really cool so i would highly recommend that awesome very cool um the uh kind of the the other nerd stuff for me is I've been listening to Name of the Wind. So I'd read Name of the Wind when it came close to when it came out a little over ten years ago. Um but I downloaded it on Audible, had, you know, a number of credits and I'm like, oh this is free entertainment at this point. Um and I've I've just been listening little bit by little bit as I drive over the last month or so. I'm down to I think I have maybe ten minutes left. Uh you know, where they're <laughs> wrapping the 30 up hours. book one. Um so cool. Uh, I'm just remembering things that I have totally forgotten in ten years. When you when you read as much as you know we <laughs> we do, you start to forget bits and pieces of some of these books. So to revisit it in the audible format um, was was really cool because the story just it it's told to you in a different way. You know, when it's a different voice and narrator versus your inner voice and how you hear things. I felt like I picked up more detail. I picked up more of the the stuff about the world hearing it read to me than on my initial reading 10 years ago, um, remembering things that I had completely forgotten in the, in the story. So, you know, the question is now, do I, do I go to something else and, you know, Caliban's war, get back into the expanse or do I just go download no. wise man's sphere and, uh, you know, stick with Rothfuss and, and, uh, I'm just, I'm so excited to see what he does with that world. And, uh, Doors of Stone and Lin Manuel Miranda producing the upcoming show. I mean, there's so much there that it's it's just been so much fun and cool to relive Name of the Wind, yeah. which you know I remember again why it's the book that I give to people and it's a book that like I recommend again and yep. again. Um, truly one of the the best books I've read, and especially in the fantasy genre, just a, a an amazing trip down you know memory yep. lane of of that book. So, more more to come. Maybe yeah. by the next episode, I'll know which way I go on Audible. All right. We're going to take a quick break. Then we're going to get on the phones uh, with an uh, interview with Landmine at Ministomp on Twitter. Um, very excited to, to have him on and, and talk to him. Uh, we had some great dialogue. Looking forward to uh, giving it another listen. Hope you guys enjoy. So, when we come back, we'll be... On with uh, Landmine. The holidays are quickly approaching, and if you're looking for gifts for those hard-to-buy-for people in your life, you're in luck. At Ministomp, the Twitter handle you know and love, now has a website with all the contact info. 
ministomp.com. Need a box of blood letters for Nana? No problem. Thinking of picking up the Necron kill team for your dad? You got it. Need some help deciding on what to get Cousin Tommy? Holla at ministomp.com for help. They've already been setting people up with some amazing deals this season and have all the top-demanded GW items in stock. So head to ministomp.com today, the name you know and love. Oh man, I almost finished the whiskey. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'd like to welcome to the show, Landmine. Uh, I think people on uh, Twitter and uh, in the Warhammer community are probably well familiar with him, but we're going to get to know him a, a little better here, and uh, we're not going to grill him. We're going to have a nice, uh, hopefully, a little back and forth and ask us some questions here. So, uh, uh, welcome. All right, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great great to have you on and, and get the voice behind the, uh, the, the insanity that we see on Twitter with spicy deals and bundles and uh all sorts of great comp uh competition for uh amusing you on twitter for some of the contests uh so <laughs> it's a uh, a wonderful chance that we have here to talk about the the hobby that we all love and uh get pull back the curtain a little bit i guess first let's let's talk about you know what mini stomp is and um kind of what what you do for this community all right yeah no problem uh, anytime anybody asks that question I answer with the, the same three words. It's an email order system. Uh, a lot of people don't know what that is because uh, email order systems started in the, you know the late '90s, and basically uh, technology changes so fast. But we've kept it an email order system. It's not a .dot com where you check out. It's not you know shipping through Amazon or anything like that. Um, so when when we first started, we said we wanted to have something where it was a little bit more uh, back and forth instead of just clicking. And at that time, emailing was, you know, it was like the Tom Hanks, you got mail. Right? <laughs> <laughs> See, you guys are old enough. So uh, emailing was uh, pretty prevalent and, you know, it was hot. It was new. There was, there was no uh, Twitter yet. Uh, so we just kept it that way. And so people want to buy hobby products, mainly games workshop. And uh, they sent an email, and we could we could discuss it first instead of just going, "Hey, is this the thing I want?" I don't know. I got a eighty character description over here. Let me click on <laughs> it, or this other website said it's good. Right? You can kind of ask some questions first. So that's that. Uh, outside of just basically that, you know, business, uh, Ministone has been a platform to engage with the community really by not doing something for people. Uh, like, I mean, you know, Twitter giveaways are nice and stuff like that, but helping people do something for the community. Uh, that's always been my, my personal goal. And I've been very fortunate to see that come through full circle. And mainly that, that, uh, you know, you, people won't know about it until it happens. And somebody might do a public thank you. Hey, maybe some helped us out to do this event. Uh, we raised a bunch of money for charity. It was great. Uh, I personally find it more enjoyable and rewarding to help somebody else be able to live that out instead of just having like a cookie cutter thing where we do it ourselves. You get what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it was a, a true joy, you know, to, to work with you, uh, Bruce city brawl last year. Um, one of our local tournaments here where Bryce reached out and we raised a lot of money for uh, suicide prevention, uh, of Milwaukee. And then to, 
go down to uh, Steve Herner's Holy Havoc here recently and and see all of the, uh, um, you know, the fundraising that he did for the uh, Hesed House, the uh, homeless in that community, um, you know, with that Skaven table with the uh, that we all kind of saw on Twitter. Yeah. So um, seeing seeing how you help is is awesome. And and knowing that there's that partner there for some of these events and, and our local charities that we try to support you know and and uh build up not only our our gaming community but our own communities through that so it's it's definitely a a great uh resource and uh you know a great service you guys you guys help us uh provide right on so then i guess you said it it kind of started with uh email and forums you've been operating really as as many stump since is it 2012 is that kind of the the year that yeah, it was, it was right about there where we uh, broke out some other business engagements and just went to the to mini stomp. I mean, uh, the, the whole fun atmosphere atmosphere of having like a game store and saying like this is my store, game shop, however you do it, uh, is one thing. But I've always had something greater in mind than the standard, you know, transactional walk up to a counter, put something down, and buy it, you know, exchange currency. Uh, so until I can do that uh, and live that out. I wanted to find, you know, like I just said, what many stuff is find a way that I can be more impactful uh, so that it's not just a job, right? Because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't know what you guys do personally, but sometimes a job, can, it, it, it could be really tasking to the point where if you want to go out and do your own thing, then are you paying to have a job, right, when you get into business and that sort of thing? So mini stomp has been both profitable for a, a, a way to make a living, but also... You know, when we made that switch, it gave us the opportunity to do more. So, yeah, I think it's I think 2012 is, is hitting the nail on the head. I know we didn't really go on a Twitter till 2014, I think. Okay, and then kind of Twitter has really become a uh, a big way that I, I think at least some of us have have found yeah. out about you and, <laughs> and been drawn to you know seeing the presence out there and the uh, the hashtag. If you look yeah. at it, it's. It's pretty uh pretty incredible right. to see the reach that you guys have uh have found. Yep, yep. And I mean t- Twitter is it, it's great for a lot of things. It can be, you know, some things that people don't like. But the best thing about Twitter is it's so easy to share information with yeah, you could say just blast it everywhere. But really with a focused group of the people that want to hear it, and that's because they've already selected to hear information from you. And um I think I mean, I'll just stick to the United States. In the U.S., I would say there's not an insane amount of people that we would call like the audience that we're talking to. It might only be ten thousand people, mm-hmm. right? But when we when we say something, uh, whether you, you it's one of the hashtags or something like that, that we feel like sharing, then yeah, there is there is. I, I often think it's amazing too. Like, hey, that guy. 70,000 impressions you know, did it and then woke up in the morning like what the heck <laughs> so, so yeah I mean it, it is it is really great and I, I like being on there from the standpoint of you know like seeing the Skaven table kind of take effect and you know that getting shared or even just uh, you know the, the whole other stuff that Twitter brings that the gaming community has brought in like the, the Friend Friday thing when, when people do that, I actually spend a couple minutes just clicking, like, who's this? And 
checking them out and then you know usually i go to images and that lets me know right away if i should be looking at their account or if (laughs) okay cool they painted something so i definitely want to stay here um yeah but uh yeah i mean twitter's been fantastic and it's kind of replaced the amount of time that we used to spend on uh kind of kind of the i'll I'll call them trading forums or or something Mm -hmm. like that where you post something like we have this for sale or this is new Mm -hmm. this week stuff and it's just it's just a lot better interaction yeah, I mean, I, I know I'll lose hours at work. My boss wouldn't want to hear this, but uh, I will lose hours looking at, you know, hashtag warmongers or uh, work in progress Wednesday, right. miniature Monday. It's uh, it's really allowed that community and that audience to um, <laughs> the time sink that is looking yep. through, uh, you know, the, the pictures of what people are working on and, and what events are doing and uh, what's out there. Along those same lines, how do you come up with the spicy deal? Uh, on accident. I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad it's taking such a part in your uh, representation. Yeah, it's it's so funny. Put out there, but yeah, it is. So so sweet deal. Um, we we know this guy, right? He's a, he's a cook at a local restaurant, and he he would basically say you sweet a lot. And uh, <laughs> in, in one conversation, he said "sweet deal" like ten times. So I can't remember <laughs> what product came out. <laughs> it was a couple of years ago. It wasn't that long ago? Two, three years ago. The product came out, and like, man, we got to give a good deal for this because what, whatever. Like, we don't think people are going to buy it unless you do. And so he jokingly said, "Oh, is it going to be a sweet deal?" And I don't know. Hashtag it. So, like I said, it was really an accident. But on, on top of that, the spicy deal was like, how can I? package something here that we want to show people is in stock it's ready to go it's all associated you know it's maybe the same army or just it's stuff that you might buy anyways um and and not say the same thing again <laughs> and i i didn't have a conversation or anything like that i was just like oh it's up to the sweet i don't know spicy i don't even know if those are <laughs> <laughs> one's not the other i know that i think they're both better than a salty deal so <laughs> <laughs> better than a salty deal right? buyer's remorse and dis- definitely included with those. <laughs> i think i've been there uh kickstarter yeah oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> right exactly so so yeah that's a, that's a spicy deal there and you know sweet deal and it's a we don't want to get out there and and put out like uh you know big posting thing like for uh what is it there, there's some hashtags like want to sell or for sale or something like that and it's just saying like hey this stuff's on hand it's all it is but what, what i'm more amazed at see that's your guys's perspective but on that end when people start conversations over the picture oh, like, yeah. oh man these i didn't that can are so awesome i'm running 40 of them and here's why and the next thing you know the guy, another guy's helping uh somebody else make it make an army you know has, has nothing to do with it anymore so, mm-hmm. so that's that's what i really like out of it to see that it can be you know something something uh of value without just being like i said before a transaction yeah helping build the community and helping uh fi- folks figure out exactly what they want in an army and that sort of thing yeah and I, I know i i saw one one time that i i thought would light troy up so i just i had to bring it to his attention and i i think it resulted yeah. in, the, in order but it's always fun to see and because yeah you can you you know a friend who plays every army like it, it's basically if you yourself don't have 12 armies you know somebody that that's going to be drawn to that so that, yeah those discussions and that conversation no troy it looked like right. you wanted to jump in no i'm well you did yeah you did 
cost me. Uh, or you made me. Yeah, I, I'm a proud, proud owner of a lot of Gene Sealer cult stuff. That's yeah. for sure. Um, from that smoothie. I, my question is, do you ever take a day off? Because it feels like, again, whether I'm sending you an email or Twittering you about something there or looking at just the Twitter stream, you're, you're kind of like, it feels like you're always there. That's, uh, that's what's kind of. I mean, well, you, you, know, you know how, you know, I'll answer this in two ways. Uh, you guys just talk about how, you know, you're wasting time at, in the office or at work. I mean, that, that's me too on Twitter. You know, that's just you know, me looking at stuff and I just happen to be there and ping, you got a question. So I get to answer back. But, um, the second way I want to answer that is, uh, all the listeners out there, this is not rehearsed, but I will segue <laughs> off your question into, you know, saying, um, we, we actually just recently restructured how things work so that I don't have to be so attentive because you never want to have a customer go, oh, okay, cool. Email, email ordering system. Let me send off an email. And then they're going to have in their own mind, like, how long is too long to wait for an email? Like, uh, I sent it off at 11 a.m. and it's 4 p.m. What the hell are these guys doing? You know? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I got the landmine email, but there's holla at ministomp.com was just created. And in 2019, we're going to roll out some other things like that. So that way there's other people to engage. So it's kind of a, it's obvious to people who know. And it's not obvious that there's different emails, but that's okay because it's still going to be something that, anybody can check. So uh, I think the answer to your question is I don't want to be working 24 right? <laughs> seven. Well, and, and, yeah. and I think it's important, you know, that, that time off and that's where we really engage with the hobby and, and work on stuff. I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about some of the, you know, painting projects that, that you're working on a, um, any sure. any passion pro- uh, projects or what's kind of on the on the bench right now? We spend a good amount of our show talking about our hobby table and kind of projects on deck. So I want to give you a chance to talk about your own personal uh, engagement with the the plastic and the paint. For sure, for sure. Yeah, I mean, right now everything that I have going on is definitely out of the uh, Games Workshop, you know, wheelhouse. Um, I have uh, this amazing Age of Sigmar army that I started right when I knew general handbook 2018 was going to come out and right now I'm getting it ready. So that general handbook 2019 can come out. <laughs> it's going to be the awesome Nurgle army. So yeah, so I, I've been working on uh, some Nurgle stuff for a long time. Uh, personally right now this past few months have just been so busy. I actually haven't had a lot of stuff to do. So that's been kind of my back burner army and something that I remind myself like everybody always used uh, <clears throat> to use a phrase that I absolutely hate mistakes were made. Um, there's, there's no mistakes, but people always talk about like, Hey, I shouldn't be buying this cause I got this other thing. And then Nurgle army is my stop making an army list for yourself. <laughs> you, mm-hmm. you got these guys like, you know, half glued together. So, um, outside of that, you know, I, and I pretty much like everything. It's easier to make the list of stuff I don't like. So, uh, you gotta have a little bit of a control measure and going, going away from the army building and stuff like that. I just think it's really fun to, be able to design on a grand scale outside of uh, a battle tome or a codex. If you guys, does that make sense? Yeah. So, so you know, you don't got to worry about like this guy is a hero choice or this guy is a, a elite unit. And I think I have the most fun with uh, the hobby aspect away from the game. Like I know a lot of people say, Hey, it's a hobby before it's a game, but I feel like the, when, when I myself, I get tied up into the hobby so that I can put it on a table that's a lot different than when I just want to hobby it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So right now, uh, I have a couple of projects that, uh, barely have worked on, but 
outside of that Nurgle army. Uh, I'll be working on soon, kind of after the holiday season here, and we'll be sharing. So uh, I'll tell people, hey, this is the, the project I talked about. But uh, one of them, if it becomes good enough, maybe, and even if it's not good enough to win, it's good enough to show off. I'll put it into Crystal Brush or Adepticon because I think it's what I'm trying to convey here is people are going to enjoy looking at it and looking at the characters that are represented in a different way than, than through that profile for the game. Very cool. Uh, so that's that's kind of where, where where I'm at there, and I, I think that's what's most fun for me. And I know it, that's not necessarily a, a playbook, but that should be fun for anybody because some people just have the most fun taking an army, you know, doing like the elevation type or escalation escalation league, and and I dig that too. Um, I, if I can do radio for one here, I got another project I want to talk about. <laughs> Absolutely, go for uh, it. This is uh, all good stuff, man. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, we got a project that's in the very early planning phase. And I stress that like, actually I should say super early planning phase. Uh, I'm calling it death Sun project. I think we have 12 volunteers so far and something I've always wanted to do. And after watching other people and organizations do it successfully, I thought, okay, well th- there's proof that I should be doing this and participating. Uh, the death Sun's 40 K orc army will be a charity army. I can't say the charity that it is yet, but I will announce that very soon. Uh, just because I'm in communications, uh, if we're going to do links and, you know, putting it out there and stuff like that, or if we're just going to say the name. Uh, so don't want to offend anybody yeah. before we go ahead sure. and raise a bunch of money for them. But, uh, the, the Death on Dorks was a, just kind of like, I guess a great idea that I thought of in five minutes on accident because I said the idea of doing the charity army and all of a sudden people are going, okay, well, what army are you going to do? I come up with an answer. <laughs> so, uh, you know, orcs are, orcs are hot right now. We got some new yeah, stuff, so that's yeah. good. But the other thing, why I gravitated towards them is if you get different people of different, we'll say hobby skill levels, different uh, perceptions of what an orc should look like or what this, this thing should be doing on this little base that it represents. Orcs are okay because they're, they're very elastic. They're very forgiving, right? It's not like we're making a uh, primaries Marines, putting the wrong symbol on them and all of a sudden they're chaos Marines, right? Like dark angels. It's um, built into so the mix of an orc. Yeah. yeah. Right. And uh, so the, the theme of it is they're purple. Like that, yeah. Hey, what what uh what orcs are purple? We don't know, and um, I created a little bit of a storyline for them that I wrote out and one draft. Everybody said that's awesome that we can make an army around the storyline. So, uh, hoping that we can get some exposure for that in your conventions. It could be Gen Con, could be Adepticon. Uh, Got to find you know a nice place where people can see it, but it remains there. Uh, show it off and definitely raise some money for it. But I think those those things uh, would encapsulate what the hobby is doing for me right now personally. And uh, I, I think uh, the, the important thing is when people answer that question, whether it's very short-winded or long-winded like I just gave you, <laughs> uh, that we, we always recognize that this hobby is so powerful that it's not in volume of what it does for somebody, but it's in you know, the, their ability to gain joy out of it. And some people might work on the same project for months. And that doesn't mean it's just sitting there like my Nurgle project is. That means that they're, they're actively still participating in it. And it's just going for months because there's, there's no rules to how it should go. Yeah. So that's my two cents. And no, I, I a hundred percent agree. And, and I, I kind of, I'm all over the spectrum. I, I, I'm infamous for my procrastination. So I, I end up doing a lot of my, best work when I'm, you know, 20 days shy of an event trying to get something ready for, for a tournament. But 
uh, going down. That's when we do our best sales. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I bought and, and did a whole new army for Adepticon, I think 40 days out, uh, yep. 2000 point death army. So I was like, this, this is craziness. My fiance hated it, but you know, she, she understood. <laughs> Did you like disappear for like three weekends straight or something? Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I, I was down. I'd get home. I'd eat dinner, and then I'd go to work in in my hobby my hobby room downstairs. <laughs> you guys are still together, right? It, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm, so, <laughs> good story there is we're getting married in May. So a couple months after, about a month Ooh. and a half after Adepticon. Congratulations! Thank you. Yeah, hey, she's she's tough, man. She's stuck through that. You're lucky. <laughs> <laughs> the the caveat is I can't do that again. This year, my my army selection well, no, has to be no, locked no, no. in. Come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean she knows, right? That's you. So you, I mean, you can do it again. Just you know, like go go out for ice cream or something during the day. <laughs> break yeah. break up the painting time. Yeah, yeah, Nicole. <laughs> she listens. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But but yeah, I mean, absolutely though. You know, and going down the holy havoc and, and seeing what some of the conversion work that people do and what Steve's done uh, with that Holy Wars and, and his tables and the terrain, it, you'd get so much inspiration from seeing and hearing what other people are working on. I, I came home and Bryce and I are talking about Holy Havoc, the team event next year, you know, starting <laughs> to convert models and, and work on stuff a year out just because you get that motivation and it it's what what grabs you and what, you know, makes you happy. I know, Troy, you've you've been infamous for some of your your projects that have spanned <laughs> like your space hulk like space hulk yeah which will adepticon's what 130 some days away right and it'll go up on the table and we'll start kind of hacking on it when, and... when you said 130 a lot of people just freaked out right? <laughs> <laughs> it's coming yeah it's i know coming. it's gonna be here before we know it that's wait a minute did you guys say at holy havoc you already had a plan for the team I I think so. We uh we were just well. I'm not gonna make you say it, but I, I gotta I gotta throw a, I gotta interject and throw out a suggestion. If it works, by all means, please take it and make it yours. If it doesn't, ignore me. But what if you guys like painted each other's army? A little little uh, switcheroo, yeah. A little Yankee swap. Yeah, like it, that would that would be know, an, not, yeah. even, not even show it to each other till you get there. Hand it hand it off so and kind of you get there and go here here's your army bro. And here's your, I think that'd be awesome. I like yeah. that. Just an idea, just had, just saying. I yeah. I think I think that could grow into even like uh, an event. Get a few people that want to do that. It's a, it's almost Can like a, a thing. I I think we did. Yeah. I I think yeah. this yeah. this has legs. <clears throat> army swap. Yep. We, Hashtag we army swap. Destroy so many friendships. With <laughs> <laughs> That's it, though. You got to trust your teammate. You really gotta. You gotta have that trusted understanding, and then make it happen and hand it off day of the event. Also limits the Stormcast guys shouldn't be pink. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Stormcast can be whatever, you know, whatever color they want. Make up your own chamber. It's a new chamber. There you go. It's it's metallic pink. It's called the red room. The red room chamber. (laughs) Um, When you were talking about the the charity army, too, though, I mean, where I really saw that was, uh, I think it's Lonely Havoc. Lonely Havocs. he um, did a lot yeah. for the Rainbow Warriors project, and then seeing that kind of develop yeah, yeah. and build was pretty awesome. Yeah, that was that was one of the ones uh, I didn't paint any of that stuff. I just gave away a couple things, and they did such an amazing job, not just on the models, right? That 
not to discredit that, but they did an amazing job on the models. They did an amazing job on executing the like the ramp up. Hey, we're getting this stuff together. Yeah. I'm working on it as an individual. You know, here's here's my Marines. Here's my dreadnought. And then putting it together on a table and showing it off, and they didn't do it for like one day and then give it away. And they really built uh, a lot of hype. Like I knew what was going on before it got together, and got to see a lot of the pictures, and so did everybody on tw- Twitter. But I was still hype, and I I can't remember how many I bought, but I was like, I want to win this thing. Like I, I want to give money away yeah. and, and win it. And I think that's a that's the that's the both both ends of the spectrum there. Yeah, are people excited about it? Are they willing to give? Yes. But are they willing to give to the point where they they want to win and be such a part of it that it's not just because they won something like oh I gave away a hundred dollars and I won this army that you know would cost me two thousand to get together and pay whatever that is it's not seeing value in that it's seeing value in the fact that they're so motivated or moved whatever the cause is and and that could just be for for the beneficiary but it also could be motivated by the people's motivation who are doing. It. And right. th- that's really what I got out of that. So, so it motivated me to both give money and also to, I mean, I'll, I'll just say, Hey, I want to copycat that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, I think it's an amazing idea and it's something that I hope happens more often because it gets to showcase so much from our community. And, and yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we've already, you know, we've talked about a lot of the charities that, people in, engage with and, and through these events, but that this, this hobby ultimately like what it can do to build community and what it can do to, to help people. That's that, that's a big draw. You know, that's why games are meant to be shared, shared experiences. And the more people you can share it with, the more people you can uh, in, engage into it and then make aware of things, the, the better off we all are. Yeah. Well said. And, and I, uh, I think that starts with the game and the hobby are often a face-to-face interaction. I know we're talking about, about Twitter and stuff like that and social media and stuff, but we we do stand in front of one another, and that's where we really get to meet each other. Like, I'm just talking to you guys on your, your show right now, and a lot of people know the hashtag. But when I go out there, a lot of times I'm, I'm talking to people, and I'm like, oh, yeah, by the way, get you know, I'm the guy that you're – Sending messages to all the time, <laughs> yeah. and it's almost, it's almost like I forget, you know. <laughs> so, well, I, but, but I yeah, missed I you mean, on the floor at Adepticon. I, I heard you were yeah, there. I saw you, and the, 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 yeah, and I saw you, and I think I think we actually had an interaction. So uh, my bad. I'll, uh, I'll wear I'll wear like a jersey or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you can you can find us because we always usually have BOD T-shirts on in some form or another, yeah, wherever we are. Yeah, the the BOD one sticks out just because it's got that circle. I know the one <laughs> the guys who stick out a lot are the the guys from Milwaukee just because yeah. of the color. Yeah, our, our red shirts personalities. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so. yeah. We rock those. Yep. It's. Uh, I often have to pick and choose. I'm, I'm worried when Troy and Josh are going to see me, I have to have a, a BOD shirt on. But when I'm hanging out with Bryce and Brendan and those guys, I got to have my guys from Milwaukee. I'm, I'm torn yeah. between two clubs. <laughs> you got to represent. I mean, right. you do that weird thing where you stitch it together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right down the middle. <laughs> Make a t shirt yeah, right. quilt well, and wear it like a thinking, cape. I was thinking belly and shoulders stitching together. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe like guys in Milwaukee on top and basement death in the bottom. Yeah. And like you'll have. 
the state of Wisconsin growing out of the symbol. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to need to and get a... Uh, people ask you, what the hell are you doing? Just tell them it sounded cool when I said it. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna have to get a graphic designer on yeah. that. We got to yeah. make this happen. <laughs> um, you probably have emails with volunteers coming. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I guess one one other thing I want to talk talk about a little bit is I'm I'm a huge uh, beer guy, and Michigan, yeah. you've got some fantastic breweries. What you know, if I had to say, landmine, give me three beers that I need to go out and try. What what are you gonna throw our way as tried and true? Sure. Sure. So uh, a lot, a lot of people like tag me into beers. I, I don't know if you guys remember. I tried to do beer three sixty five. How did that go? I, I made it to like two hundred. Yeah. So so I don't know if I made it up or somebody challenged me and I said, "Yeah, I'll do it." I, it started like more than two Adepticons ago. I know that because I was doing it at Adepticon that year. Um, so beer three sixty five is every day you drink a different beer and you can't count the same one twice. So at the end of the year, you drink 365 different beers. Now there's like, you just said, that's what made me think of that. You said, Oh yeah, it's Michigan. You got thousands of breweries and beers and stuff like that. It's kind of hard to do though, the 365 thing. And what I found out and why I quit, I just tapped out was because it wasn't hard to find a different beer. It was hard to continue to enjoy beer. It was, it was like oversaturation. So I'm glad you asked for three beers and not like make a top 10. <laughs> like, you know, once you get off one hand, the other hand has a beer in it. So what are you going to do? So, uh, yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, come to Michigan. And I mean, this is, this is just my opinion, but Hey, they can count as a plug or whatever. Uh, Perrin brewery, which is over on the West side of our state. Um, it's a, there's a highway. You can look it up. It's, it's in between like uh Muskegon and Grand Rapids or something like that. Highway 81 maybe. But Perrin Brewery is kind of off the beaten path, but for sure I tell everybody to stop there. They have a beer, bunch of, bunch of them. I know one that you should try. It's definitely no rules. Um, and to help you remember, if you guys go out and look this up later, the, the two labels you're going to look for for Perrin is, uh, one looks very similar to a Kill Bill movie movie, uh, movie poster, <laughs> and the other the other one looks like uh, John Goodman from uh, Help Me Out, guys! Oh my gosh, I'm embarrassed. The uh, Big Lebowski, Big Lebowski, right, Walter right. Solchak. So, yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Um, so, so those two beers there definitely go for that. Outside of that side of the state, I'm just kind of like doing a map in my mind here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know the. There's some barrel age stuff that we have. I mean, obviously, New Holland has Dragon's Milk. Have you guys had that? Oh yeah, yeah. that's our uh, Adepticon yep. beer. We yeah. I think we drank the bar yeah. out of it Wednesday night of Adepticon. Okay. They had the I restock. Mean, I think you turn into a dragon if you do that. <laughs> <laughs> Breathing fire and sure, flying. You think, yeah, you, you think you think you turn into a dragon? That's how it works. Yeah, right. So yeah. Uh, that. Yeah, there's another one called Big Bad Baptist, and I can't oh. even remember if that's from Michigan. But I always compare that with uh, kind of with Dragon's Milk. It's in the same, you know, boozy and delicious at the same time. Uh, and so I think I gave you more than three, but I'm going to look for a third one. Uh, we actually have a brewery in Detroit called Brew Detroit. It's relatively new, and um, they're awesome. I love them. I can't remember the name of the damn beer. They have a... Uh, beer that's kind of like a vice and it's lighter. Yeah, you know, I'm going opposite end of the spectrum where I've been talking. 
awesome. But if you guys ever end up in Detroit, just go to Brew Detroit and say, hey, give me all the good stuff. And the, the bartenders are always, yeah, yeah, Brew Detroit's over there. It's, a, it's, it's in a weird spot. And I say weird because it's like an industrial business area that's downtown, but then there's like a parking lot that I always think I got to like swipe a card and get through. It's weird. But, uh, <laughs> you, you go inside and it's a brewery. So it's like a hidden gem. Um, yeah. But, awesome. You know, one, one thing I'd probably be better at is if you do travel to Michigan, I could spend a couple minutes and send you an email with like, you know, some links or something like, check this out, check this out. So, it's, it's been talked about. Uh, you look at the, uh, yeah, they, they just had a lot of representation in the, the beer festival in Colorado. Um, lot, lots of different breweries placed in there in, in the top three and got medals. So is it yeah, uh, can't go wrong? Do you guys got beer in Milwaukee, or are you just drinking our beer? Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, we've we've got some we've got some some good ones here. Um, Milwaukee yeah, is seen you're not a, drinking that stuff they serve at the Cubs games, are you? No, no, no. no. Old Town, uh, old old Milwaukee. No, <laughs> I, I think I think a lot of my college uh, beers were probably old Milwaukee, but. Um, there's a there's a few really new, relatively new ones in in downtown. One is Third Space yep. Brewing that we really like. They do a uh, Third Space or Third Base. Third Space, like outer space. Okay. Um, gotcha. They do a Mocha Java. It's like a coffee stout that's just really good. And then they do a Java Blanca, which is a coffee flavored cream ale, and that. That's been one I've been really? drinking a ton of. <laughs> I, want, I want a coffee cream. Yeah. Um, and then Good City is another one here in Milwaukee that uh, they they're expanding and they've got they do a lot of different IPAs like a Mosaic Pale Ale. Um, and then uh, Milwaukee Brewing is another local one that they built a huge new um, kind of beer garden and operation right next to our new uh, arena downtown. Um, but they do Louis Demise. It's like an amber ale, and then Louis Resurrection, which is their barrel aged amber ale, and that is uh, Who's Louis. <laughs> so Louis, uh, they have a character, and I think it's actually some. I can't think of the guy's name, but uh, it, there's literally a character that the brewery has named these beers after, and I think it's one of those. There is a historical figure in Milwaukee um, that they've kind of taken his persona and and named some beers after him. But they're uh, they're, they're wonderful. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I definitely plan on hitting up Mill. Uh, I want to try and hit Madison and Milwaukee uh, next year in one trip, and I want to do that around the uh, the game. University of Michigan football team will be traveling up to uh, take another victory from the Badgers <laughs> or anything like that. So uh, definitely want to be present for that. So I'd, I'd, I'd love to meet up with you guys for that one and, uh, you know, make an event out of it. That would be awesome. Involving yep. beer and football. Yeah. And beer and football, two of our other yeah. favorite things uh, outside of uh, gaming and, and hobbying. So. We're uh, here in the land of cheese and beer. We um, we have a few things that we we could share with you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm all for it. So we've we've hit on hit on some beer, hit on some some hobby and and uh, the uh, the Twitter, you know, the Twitter sphere. A- anything else out there, you know, as far as interests out outside of work, work and hobby that you want to talk a little bit about? Uh, rumor has it you're you're a bit of a hockey fan. Yeah, that's true. Uh, 
Red Wings. Yeah, I do like hockey. I like play, I like playing it. Yeah, I'm I'm a Wings fan. I mean, out of the Detroit teams, that's definitely my team. Uh, win or win or lose, I can watch them. And I also believe ho- hockey's outside of playing it. But if you're just talking about sports as a spectator, hockey hands down is the best live sport. Period. There's there's no challenge yet in my mind. So going to a hockey game is is a yes for me. Like I'll cancel something to go to a hockey. <laughs> um, so so yeah, I like hockey a lot. Um, watching it on TV is, is a different experience for me. But I, I'll, I'll follow it, you know, read up on it and stuff like that, and, and stay stay up with what's going on. But going to a game is a yes, and I'll, I'll go. It is going to be a Wings game. I'll go anywhere. Like I've I've been to St. Louis and was like, hey, what's going on in St. Louis? Oh, Blues are in town. I don't care who they're playing. I'm going there. Like Nashville <laughs> Predators were playing. I went to that. You know, I'm just going. But yeah, I do like hockey. Uh, I like all sports kind of, but other sports outside of hockey have turned into fantasy sports for me. Uh, it's something I take a lot of joy in doing and i'm actually pretty damn good at it so fantasy sports is kind of a i, I it's got i gotta say it's a hobby of mine because i spend a lot of damn time doing it so it's definitely something i'm into um some other stuff i'm into uh i i actually have like a so so people might think that like warhammer or you know 40k or something that's my nerdy side that's not <laughs> when i start getting really nerdy yeah i know right oh what's he got what's this guy about to say? <laughs> if you want if you want to see me turn into a total dork start talking to me about like industrial manufacturing or production operations management or like creating cost saving structures i'm really into that stuff man. Nerd. <laughs> i mean i i think i know why i don't know how to tell you that i'm into it because it'll turn into radio one for big time but uh, yeah i mean so so there, there you go that's me uh you know other than that I, I enjoy being a father and a husband i'm a homeowner so that means i always have chores to do uh fix yeah. stuff and I, I like i like to fix stuff myself instead of uh pay somebody to do it because it's the number one way that I get to fix it again. And you know, what's more rewarding than that comes full circle. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a little better at breaking stuff than, uh, than fixing stuff, but so you, you break it and somebody else comes and fixes it. Generally how I'll try, I'll look at it and I'll, I'll, you know, Google and then I'll be like, ah, this is, this is going to be a problem. (laughs) So you got duct tape, duct tape in one hand and the the phone to call somebody in the other hand. Yep. And the screwdriver in the pocket to, to open up whatever I'm trying to fix. Yep. (laughs) Right. Any, anything, Troy, Josh, any, anything, questions other other topics you wanted to dive in crack open well we know uh you had a uh papa nurgle touched you with his plague so uh we appreciate your right. time uh with us because yeah you sound a little snuffly so uh yeah i appreciate uh you taking the time while you're actually i've been i've I've been drinking the whole time. I've been talking to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> us, us too. I think I'm feeling better. One of the two. Yeah. So. But yeah, it's good. Yeah. I hope, I hope I'm getting over it. Uh, we're getting a touch of the, the early winter. So I know, you know, that first head cold is, uh, is going around the office and, and people are, <laughs> are feeling the effects of winter. Oh. So we're going to stave it off with a uh, blended whiskey and beer. That's, that's our plan for defense. Yep. It's almost as good as echinacea, but <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, any anything you want to add or anything you want to uh, you know throw throw our listeners' way uh, before we before we call it a call it a day. 
uh, yeah, I, I already checked mine off. It was it was tell people about that works. Uh, really, I want to tell people about the works so that when I finally push it out there, they'll know what the heck's going on. But also that that'll commit me to it. If I say it, I have to do it. Um, you know, I was at a point about an hour ago when we started talking where I could have never done it, but now it's got to happen. So, <laughs> yeah. Like, can you edit that out? <laughs> so, we'll we'll tell know. you we can, but it'll yeah, it'll yeah. be in there. Yeah. I, think, I think it was all good. <laughs> Send it to print. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, this yep. this has been fun. Can't wait to uh, you know in in person share some beers, see you at some of the events. So definitely looking forward to that. But uh, thank you once again. We appreciate the time and, and looking forward to to seeing what what comes next. And we guarantee we'll be uh, we'll be following the progress on the the Def Sons when uh, when those orcs are around. For sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You guys have a good night. And remember, when somebody tells you to have a good day, you tell them to have a better one. Awesome. awesome. Right. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks. Welcome back. It is now time for a play it or slay it slash resurrection review of Don Eskridge's The Resistance, the hidden role deduction card game. Uh, originally from Indie Board and Cards uh, Games. I think they've been absorbed into the uh, Stronghold brand, is it? That's I'm or, tr- I was trying to remember, um, too. So a, a company kind of merger slash acquisition. Um, but The Resistance came out in 2009, so about nine years ago. Um, it hit the scene with a, a pretty big splash. became one of those games that could seat um, you know, a larger player count. It, it really plays uh, 5 to 10. Um, since then, they've expanded that. That world has become, you know, the setting for an RPG, for other games. Um, but at, at its core, The Resistance is a game in which you sit down with your soon-to-be enemies. Uh, we'll call them friends to start. You're dealt a, uh, <laughs> a number of cards face down. Uh, some of them are spies, and some of them are members of The Resistance. And your identity remains secret, so you never know uh, who is a spy and who is another member of the Resistance. And every round, a mission card is drawn that uh, one captain, uh, basically team leader, is determined. That team leader will choose a number of people to go on the mission. Um, Within that group, you don't know if you're bringing other members of the Resistance or spies. You may be the spy who's in the role of the team leader. Um, And... Once everybody's been selected, they each will play a card, either a pass or a fail, um, face down, and then those are shuffled up and revealed one at a time. If everybody has passed, the mission is passed. If one player has put a fail card in there, the mission fails. And I think you're given, is it two fails? There's a number of fails where the, it, the game is lost in the spot. Yeah, and I think it depends on the player the count. Player count, because player count, you can have three to five missions. I think mm-hmm. that depends what you go on. And then, yeah, it's kind of like, that tells you how many you can fail or not. So once a number of missions is failed, the spy wins or spies win, the resistance loses. If the spies aren't uh, allowed on the missions or somebody gets an inkling mm-hmm. of who they may be and they're excluded from going and those missions all continue to pass you get to a point where the resistance wins and the spies lose 
but outside of the mechanics of the game is the interaction <laughs> and the interrogation and belittling and the accusations, accusations. <laughs> uh, that takes place when a mission fails you know everybody starts accusing somebody and some people stay quiet and play it silent you know just to try to not be suspicious but then that's suspicious because why aren't you saying anything you should be accusing somebody uh but why why i wanted to bring this one up as a player slate is not only the value i mean this game the 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 cost at this point is is low um you know less than twenty dollars uh the replayability is high and we were sitting at at gamehole con and there was a group of guys i think six people maybe seven playing at the table behind us and you started to hear and you knew right away what game they were playing <laughs> uh you know i forget the guy's name chad or whatever it might have been everybody is accusing this one guy and matt matt and i look at each other and goes he's not a spy everybody accuses the wrong person like i believe this guy <laughs> so then we started like commenting on their game and then afterwards you know i stopped by, i'm like all right guys who who was it was it him everybody said it was him it wasn't was it he's like no it wasn't me i was i wasn't lying and like just the passion with which you can accuse people in this game um so high player count uh high replayability hidden role deduction game um I know you're you're looking through Avalon, which I assume is the same game, just re reskinned. Um, it was the yeah the kind of the successor to the original one. It's reskinned. Avalon was has a fantasy rather than the you know dystopic future of the original Resistance. But what Avalon added was roles. Was um, so as, besides um, you know a spy or a. Um, resistance fighter you're you guys then have a role and you can have little special powers and so people tended to really like that even better than the original resistance so then what you'll see is then expansions for the original resistance came out hidden agenda and hostile intent which added kind of those player roles which give you the ability to like reveal certain things or not reveal certain things and just adds another level of complexity so and people tended to to like that i i've only really ever played the kind of vanilla version and i really kind of always kind of like that um which was interesting because again back in the day that was when kind of werewolf and everything else and i do not like werewolf um right uh, i never found it and so when resistance came out it's just something different i think it's about the missions and like there, it feels like there's a puzzle there where you can kind of figure things out um or try to figure things out by who you let on the missions or not. Um, so it feels like maybe you're not. And in the end, yeah, it's all who you're, who you're accusing or not accusing or how good their people are lying to you in the end. And that, that ends up being, <laughs> I don't know, I'll say even more than half the fun, mm-hmm. right? Is, <clears throat> is the table talk, the figuring out who's, who's the bad guy, who's, you know, who's going against the group. And, and if you are the bad guy, then, you know, trying to keep it to yourself and trying to still be part of those missions, you know, not getting bumped out. So, yeah. And then you have the dual, right? Because right, depending on the player count, you have mul- you can have multiple spies. Yeah. And then, I don't know, I've seen it, right, where the two spies kind of screw it up because they think the other person's going to... Because you don't want to, like, both fail the mission because you're going to... Then it kind of can usually it'll give away whatever and then so i've seen it where the spies lose because they're like just disorganized about oh i thought you were gonna fail that last mission no you were gonna fail that right yeah and 
and they end up passing them. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it it was fun to see another group playing and having fun with it. I remember just some epic resistance games where, uh, you know, you somebody swears that somebody's a spy and the table <laughs> turns against them, and before you know it, one of your friends has been ostracized and accused and is left out, only to have the next mission fail because they were innocent and they're vindicated, but you're still closer to losing. So, um, low price point, high player count, incredibly fun thought it would be good just to reintroduce it to the the audience and, and the show because it is one of those games that you know as you get further away from the release you see it out there you know people have played it but i'm sure with the resurgence of gaming and board gaming in general uh there are some people that aren't aware of this one so it's one of those that i i think should be a part of everyone's mm-hmm. collection it's clear i'm gonna play it uh i, I love the resistance i love that i i don't like a lot of games uh hit and roll games yeah. I don't like Love Letter. I don't like Coup. Love Letter isn't. Oh, I guess Love Letter is a hidden role, hidden role isn't it? Uh, I never thought yeah. that, but it is. Uh, yeah. But the Resistance has that social element Citadel. where a story develops outside of it. There's a narrative that takes place. Um, so I, I'm going to play it. Troy, what? Where are you at? Uh, I'm I'm actually a little bit torn. Although I brought my copies of every because I think I own Resistance uh, expansions and Avalon. Um, but I ha- it has not hit the table in probably maybe three years or something. The last I remember is maybe in your basement when probably, one of the times Mandalena were back, yeah, yeah, or something where I, we had a big, uh, a big huge thing. So it hasn't been. Um, but like, like you said, for all those reasons you said, it's definitely a good game. It just we I haven't. I don't think we've had the right group or kind of uh, time to do it. I've also played it at work. Where I and which was a blast. Like you just have kind of non gamer people, like a mix of gamer and non people with a large group. We've done it with like eight to ten, um, and just had a blast. Um, but that was again many years ago. So like, so I I think I have to find thing. I'm what I'm a little worried about is there may be some that may get replaced. There may be some. Uh, I, I just heard about another a new game kind of in the genre, and I, I should try and I'll find it. Maybe we'll do it for another one. Um, where it just has some more twists on the kind of the same idea, um, so I I don't know I don't know what what what's the what's the halfway? Can I? There's no halfway. I can just can I just injure it? Do I have to? Can I not oh, slay wow. it? Can I you're just gonna, like, you're gonna it? maim you're gonna maim the resistance? I just injure it a little bit, so I'm, I'm yeah. <sighs> and then it's gonna bleed out in the woods because I'm not right. I'm not sure. So I'm not sure that it. I'm gonna you're play slaying it by proxy. It. Yeah. yeah, a little bit, yeah. kind of. So it's cruel. It's more cruel because I'm giving it a slow. That's that's really what I've been doing. I'm giving it a slow death because, like I said, it's been on the shelf and it has not been. By a thousand cuts in the last three years. <laughs> All right, Josh, where are you at? Um, I'll play it because um, I, I like those games that sort of bridge, um, you know, game like gamer gamers, and then you know the civilians, you know, can come play too, and everybody still has fun. Um, I, I think that's a it's a hard uh, avenue to to build a game around and i think the resistance does a good job of that so um i will play it for that reason i i, th- I think what the resistance drives home to is that what is it the the maxim that uh you're not playing hard enough if you're not willing to lose every single friend you have to win <laughs> and that is the resistance yeah i mean that 
and, and anything a lot that of arguments out that level of <laughs> cutthroat i'm going to be the survivor and i'm taking down everyone else uh it's the resistance yeah. very, very fun yeah all right, so two play it's one long, slow, painful yeah, slay. Slow, painful uh, but that is the resistance. <laughs> um, check it out; it's out on Board Game Geek. Uh, it's been well received. Yeah, and I believe um, it's still in print. I, I think, yeah, yeah, I, I know. I've, I've seen version. it out on game yeah. store shelves. Um, mm-hmm. So, all right, play it or slay it in the bag. Let's move on to upcoming Basement of Death news and events. So a few things on the list as we head into the winter months. A lot of hobby we've talked about. We're going to be heads down. Um, Probably, you know, I committed to Bryce. I'm going to spend three nights a week uh, doing two hours of hobby, three nights a week from here on until Depticon. So I'm going to do that whole thing. Um, But in the meantime, we've got Midwinter Gaming Convention, downtown Milwaukee. Pretty uh, role-playing game heavy, but the I think the board game library is usually there mm-hmm. um, to, to play games and, and check out, have fun. It's January 10th through the 13th, downtown at the Hilton. Uh, may or may not get a uh, Basement of Death event. We're kicking around the yeah, idea. Yeah, yep. uh, see if, if that happens, but certainly um, it's a good con to walk through. Do a you know after-work Friday if you work downtown. Come out Saturday, check it out. Um uh, just you know, another one of those good local conventions with a, a pretty uh, pretty good core of attendees. And what else are you going to do in the middle yeah. of January <laughs> in uh, in Wisconsin other than play some games with your friends? So that's Midwinter Gaming Convention. Um, I know right after that, a couple weeks uh, is a Wapaka, Wapaka, like the you know drawn out Wa of the Orcs. Uh, it used to be uh, multiple events. This year they've gone back to what it originally was, which is a Warhammer Fantasy event. So it's Age of Sigmar. Now it's a two-day tournament, um, five rounds. Uh, I've heard, I've never been, but I've heard it's one of those events where it's just super fun. A lot of guys that enjoy mm-hmm. drinking beer and playing miniature games, but still you get some really competitive yeah. people there, and there's you know some real filth on the tables. Yeah. But a lot of it is just getting together with with your friends and, and playing five games with a lot of beer. Um, and then uh, right after that in February, Holy Wars GT. Uh, so Steve Herner's singles AOS narrative event, same location, same hotel, Yorkville, Illinois. Uh, registration that one filled up within minutes of, of opening um, but that is a, a 30 player event um, I think it's middle of February ish I'll get the exact dates I think 23rd through, through the 25th yeah near okay 23rd through 25th so almost the end of February not the middle mm-hmm. I was way off I just know because the oh, dare I. 24th is my Your birthday. birthday weekend yeah. oh yeah and that was my that was my in <laughs> <laughs> um then in March, the 27th to the 31st, Adepticon 2019, probably right around the time that this episode is, is hitting, uh, event reg for, um, well, registration yep. and event registration for Adepticon, oh. Sunday the 17th, 18th, at 1 p.m., uh, it goes live. <laughs> um, interesting to see they, they tried a new platform, didn't really work out. So for VIG this year, you're basically entering your name into a lottery. Yeah, I like actually uh, I like that. It's a really like, good. Yeah, yeah. I, I we've talked about the premium swag bag and where Adepticon's gone. 
think bringing that back for VIG is is good. Um, we'll see, you know, how it actually works. But um, you know, I'll be at my computer trying to get into a few events for Adepticon, uh, and then in May we are full. We have fifty guaranteed. We have a waitlist twelve deep. Brew City Brawl two. Um, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, May 17th through the 19th. People coming from all over. David Griffin uh, from Nashville. Jacob Berry, my arch nemesis, uh, <laughs> will be in town. Guys from Detroit, Indy, all over the place. Um, several members of the BOD are signed up, including all three of the uh, hosts of Planet Land. None of us waitlisted. All in. Ready to roll. I better figure out how to play Sylvaneth. <laughs> Well, what I'm I'm hoping for is a round four uh, playing and slaying matchup. That's what I want. There we go. So, um, just real quick, uh, big thanks to our intern Stanley uh, for setting up the mini stomp uh, interview. So thanks, thanks Stanley. <laughs> that and you can reach our intern and thank him for his contributions. Intern at basementofdeath.com. A new email, but uh, he's he's a great guy. He's very supportive. Helps us, you know. Writes notes for us, reminds us things, lines up guests. So we're glad to have him. He's uh, worth every penny. And send him thanks <laughs> and your gratitude and, uh, you know, whatever else. Funny dad jokes, anything to intern at basementofdeath.com. Uh, you know, you have questions about Bruce City Brawl. Send them there. You have questions about what the Basement of Death is doing in 2019. Intern. So check that out. Um, Bruce City, I'm. I, can I go on a quick segue? This has been a long episode, but sure. you know, uh, I issued a challenge <laughs> to Jacob Berry in a very civil manner. I thought it was concise and clear in the intent on Twitter. Uh, he then proceeded to uh, rip it apart on his podcast, Rage of Sigmar. Um, Rage of Sigmar, episode four, with about 23 minutes left in the show goes into a tirade about how I've insulted him. I've insulted the challenge itself. Challenges need to be all caps, like you're yelling and just furious, and how he was going to show me. He was going to show me what a challenge looked like. It's a week plus later. We haven't seen anything. I responded. I yelled at him. I threw the gauntlet again and brought in other people, accused them they weren't ready for Milwaukee and how much we drank. I lost four Twitter followers after my uh, <laughs> my yelling at him. I still haven't seen this challenge. So, Jacob, I don't know if you listen. And if you do, and if you catch wind of this, step up, man, because I'm going to drink you under the table. I'm going to look you in the eyes every priority roll and not look at the dice. I don't need to because I know I'm going to handle business at the table with the drinks, and then after all that, we might play some Warhammer. We'll see. But your round two opponent is going to thank me because you're going to be so drunk and so beat up, you're probably going to just submit in turn one in round two. So where's it at? Bring it. Bruce City Brawl 2019. Me and Jacob head-to-head round one. Boom. Can't drop this mic. It's on a stand. <laughs> but I would. And I'm, I'm not yelling. I'm, I'm staying calm. But watch out, man! You have you have stirred the the dragon of the north to to life, and I'm I'm coming. I feel like this is going to be continued. 
since we're about six months out. Yeah. Oh, it's it's uh, yeah. It, this is gonna grow. There's gonna be this is gonna be a like WWE beef by the time we get there. <laughs> we're gonna have factions aligned. We're gonna have you know uh, hype hype men like at our side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna walk in with Bring like, it. Don right. King is gonna be backing me. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, sorry, Bruce City Brawl, <laughs> May <of laughs> 2019 uh, through the winter, through the spring, almost summer, but it's yeah. coming. All right, all right. That is episode 25. Uh, once again, I just want to thank Landmine uh, at Mini Stomp on Twitter, taking the time with us tonight, um, battling through the uh, the illness and and um, you know the uh, Nurgle's blessing that was bestowed right. upon him uh, to to have a drink with us and and just share share some stories, um, and uh, definitely hope hope everyone liked the show, like the the I don't want to call it an interview, you know the the fireside yeah. chat. Yep. Uh, that we had um, certainly look for us on iTunes. Leave us leave us a review. Um, let us know what you think. Reach out our Facebook page, Plan Slan uh, at Plan Slan Show on Twitter, basementofdeath.com, the website. Any of our names at basementofdeath.com. Our new intern at basementofdeath.com. So thank you guys too, my co-hosts. Episode twenty five in the bag. So let's keep the dice rolling. The drinks on ice, and no matter what, keep playing and slaying. I mean, if you look at the bottle, it says, like, acetaminophen. <laughs> it, it spells out acetaminophen. Yeah. Okay. So, yep. That's, what does Tylenol spell out? <laughs> but acetaminophen spells out acetaminophen. <laughs> it does, if you look at it. Acetaminophen. <laughs> what is Tylenol? What ibuprofen? How does it? What does that spell? Broke me. <laughs> what does Tylenol spell? <sighs> what does Tylenol spell? Movie jumbled up, jumbled up the letters. I'll buy a vowel. <laughs> All right, we ready? Let's do this. What? Uh, what kind of animal don't you want to play board games with? A Gorilla? A cheetah. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hashtag dad jokes. <laughs> Hashtag dad jokes. AKA bad jokes. A cheetah. Whew.